plots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. Just turn me loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western skies. On my guise, let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences. Gaze at the moon until I lose my senses. I can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me in. already Friday. It's, let's just call this Impeachment Friday. I gotta tell you, you talk about why the why the news media is called the enemy media and, and, and why you look at some people in the Democratic Party, and for that matter, even some people who are the never-Trumpers in the Republican Party, you look at what they're doing and they truly are when you're when you're babbling on about impeaching the president just gratuitously and for no reason but that you are remaining at, I, I gotta figure this out dudes about this carpet um again uh let's see yeah I don't know whether we need to move this table or or what's up but um what's that yeah, that sounds good, man. Because um, uh, it's the it's the it's this weird thing where you know when I'm when I'm standing on the uh, 
But can we still see the Discovery design side and all that stuff? We'll adjust it. But, yeah, it's a weird thing where um, – and I, I don't see any bars on the stream either. Uh, stream volume. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out. I, I, I'm trying to um, – what's that? Oh, okay. Um all right. Uh we're gonna we're gonna we're getting the stream up now um for us. Uh, okay, there you go. There, there's there's the there's the there's the audio for the uh stream. So uh sorry about that. And then we'll we'll uh we'll get it all together. Yeah. Um la- la- last night what what is this for again? Um Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, last night, um I don't want it in the, in the in the way of my Santino cigars and and cocktail sign for crying out loud, right, my people? Uh, so we were at the celebrity waiter thing last night, the crisis nursery event, and I really appreciate these guys. It was uh, really cool to kind of see all the folks out there. Got some great pictures. Carl Lund was out there. Steve Church. We kind of hung out. Uh, Gia. And a friend, Tina, were out there as well, and it was just a really, uh, really fun time. Ran into Larry Connors, and I don't know. It was just kind of fun to be kind of out there again. And uh, thank you, Margaret Sharp, for coming out. I have some pictures. I I didn't put them up on Facebook yet because it was a pretty uh, late night. So I I haven't gotten the pictures, but sweet Margaret was there, as uh, were uh, Ted Angler and his his wife, and and they were just – Awesome people. Renee Artman was out there. Uh, ran into Ann Wagner, who was a sweetheart, and so it was really nice. Claire McCaskill was supposed to show up at this event, but I don't know whether she ever did. I, I can't tell. I'm not going to, uh, you know, impugn her without knowing. I saw her name on the table uh, as Claire McCaskill, but I didn't know whether she picked up her name tag or whatever it was, so I was... Uh, I didn't see her. I was waiting to see her, but I didn't see her. So I wanted her to come on the show, but but I I didn't I didn't see her. So I was uh, I don't know whether she ever showed up. I, I guess I'm you know obviously I could I guess I could turn it into Claire McCaskill doesn't care about babies story. I guess I could do that, but I'm not a Democrat, and I'm not a left winger, and I'm not a member of the media, which is why I wanted to go back to this right now with the the Anna media. When you are a news organization and you are a politician even, and you are just throwing around the word impeachment just for the fun of it and just because you are trying to exact some kind of some kind of political score and you want to ruin the country and you'd rather see the country go right into the crapper just because you lost an election, you're an enemy. You are an enemy. And that's what they're doing with the talk of impeachment. The Anybody who is talking about impeaching the president right now is only doing so, at least in terms of wanting to do it, is only doing so because they are trying to redirect the outcome of the election of 2016 as many of these people have continued to do so that's what 
the word enemedia is all about. That's why we call them that. Can you imagine in, in, in this day, and I went on this rant a little bit yesterday, but can you imagine with, with the way the economy is going and how, how unbelievable the, the earnings have been and the, and the, and the GDP and, and, and jobs? Yesterday I was telling you at the tail end of the program how Texas people – Texas is now right behind Russia and China. I'm sorry, Russia and Saudi Arabia as the largest oil producers in the world. Texas. I'm not talking about the United States. I'm talking about Texas. And that, to me, is every indication that things are looking up and being and are awesome in this country regarding our economy. The bull market continues its run, which is a reflection of confidence of, of, of people earning spending. The bull market and the success and, and how on fire retailers are in this country most of these earnings we're seeing, most of the success we're seeing is in the retail outlet, is in the retail business. So people are spending money at Walmart, Target, in consumerism. These folks are, are this is where the, the, the money is and people, because people are spending. I went into this all yesterday. So to have all this going on right now and to have the, have the greatness that is this economy. We've got Pompeo heading over to North Korea next week. We've got peace in the world. We have still people risking their lives in Afghanistan and Iraq. That is true, and we haven't tackled that yet. We've got people who are finally who are in the job market who haven't been in the job market before. All kinds of successes in this country right now. And we got to put up with this crap. We got to turn on our TVs and see the the media talking incessantly about impeaching our president. We've got to talk about hear, hear about politicians talking about that, and they and they actually entertain this idea that they they will impeach the president if the if the house is taken over. First of all. Democrats are typically stupid because they'll brag about what they're going to do if they take over their house. And again, I don't want to give I don't want to give the Democrats any any more tips on how to operate elections, but informing us, the American people, the real Americans out there that your goal is to unseat our president you think you think that's going to keep us home? You think that's not going to get us out to the polls come hell or high water? So if if that's your strategy and you think that's going to be a winning strategy, how stupid can you be? But to publicly warn us about how you're going to tear this country down if you take over the house. That's what that's what the Democrats are doing. They're warning us. They're saying if we take over the house, we're going to destroy this country.
That's what they're saying, which is why it's all the more important to get out there and vote and bury these people once and for all. Show them what a bankrupt party they are. Show them how horrible many of them are. Show them how you're not going to tolerate anybody threatening to destroy this country for political purposes. Get out there and vote. I don't need to tell you all that. But that's, that's what's going on. And, 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 they, 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 and as, as Father Tom points out, they can't stand this. The, the success they can't stand. And you know who's sitting by the sidelines? The Republicans, typically. It infuriates me. Where are they? Where are all the conservative commentators out there saying, wait a minute, what the hell? What are you talking about? Or getting out there and, and, and saying that threatening impeachment is a threat to destroy this country. Why, why isn't anybody out there? Instead, you know what we get? We get that little pansy, candy-ass Lindsey Graham. You know, I just don't think that, I don't think the President Trump should be, should be uh, pardoning Manafort. Whoever freaking said anything about pardoning Manafort? I don't, you know, it's everything that that occurs in this country is all always followed by some finger wagging uh, interview with the effeminate heterosexual Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham's got to get out there and talk, talking about now. I'm warning you, President Trump. I hope you don't decide to go ahead and and pardon Manafort. That would be a bad thing. Nobody ever said that. Don't fire Miller. I'll tell it would be a bad idea. It's like nobody talked about firing Miller, but instead we got to put up with candy ass out there. But nobody's out there fighting for us. Drives me crazy. But yeah, so these guys are all uh, talking about impeachment. Newsbusters has a compilation here. And the news media basically said impeachment. This uh, no. This is just CNN and MSNBC. CNN, which has lost twenty five percent of its audience over one year, still rattling, prattling on about about impeachment. They become the enemedia themselves, and they are. And the adult threaten us. You're calling us the enemedia that's putting a target on our back. Oh yeah, you wish. But 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 that's what they're saying. Listen to this: two hundred and twenty-two times in one day. These guys. The president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, is named a co-conspirator of a federal crime. First of all, he's not named a co-conspirator of a federal crime. That is absolutely patently false. That's Ali Velshi who lied into the camera and described President Trump as being named as a co-conspirator in a federal crime. You're telling me those people aren't the enemy? You're telling me these people don't want to tear this country down? You're telling me these people are patriotic Americans? 
You're telling these, me these people are individuals who are, who are helping this country and reporting fairly? You're telling me these people are worth our defense? And worthy of our defense, you're telling these 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 people are the are the fourth estate, and you're telling me these people are an institution, baloney. These people are garbage. They are trash. They are liars. They are enemies, and they hate this country. They hate the righteous elements of this country. They hate this president. And they hate the fact that they lost in November of 2016. It's that simple. But right out of the blocks in the first five seconds of this bit, we are being told told a lie by this Ali Velshi character. And it's not true that the president has been named a co-conspirator, but it doesn't stop these guys. Let's let her rip. The president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, is named a co-conspirator. It's, it's interesting how that, and listen to how they're so officious about everything. The president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Is, it's, like, it's like they're reading some kind of, uh, they're, they're, they're reading with their little buckled shoes popping out of nowhere with their little, you know, with horns. The president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, is hereby charged with high crimes and misdemeanors. It's like, dude, where's the sniper when you need him? Seriously. We got to put up with this? I mean, listen to these guys. And, and, the, and the, you know what the cut line on the Ali Velshi lie is? All the president's men. This is unbelievable, people. This is unbelievable. All the president's men. Now, keep in mind, first of all, that whole thing is is about Nixon and his inner circle, okay? People in the White House. I don't even really – I'm embarrassed that I'm even explaining this to you because – you know, you all know better, but these are two people. First of all, Manafort, who was a, a, a campaign manager with, uh, if, if these are crimes at all, they were committed 20 years before he was ever a campaign manager. And his lawyer, who is a scum bag, Cohen, by the way, do you hear these people on MSNBC, by the way, uh, talking about how Cohen was inspired by his Holocaust surviving father? Oh, Lord. Now apparently Cohen is wrapping himself in the Holocaust. Like he's some kind of Holocaust victim and we've got to be feel sorry for him or feel like he has some righteous indignation or righteous journey because his dad is a Holocaust survivor. Or I don't even know whether his dad, grandpa, pa or something. Even the mere mention of the Holocaust is ridiculous and insulting. Yes, he was... Brought to this because, you know, his grandfather or his dad or something, I don't know, said to him, I'm a Holocaust survivor. I would not like, yeah, right. Start the violins. Cohen, who is a dirtbag, scumbag attorney, who is not a credible witness. This is not, this is not the president's inner circle. He's his attorney. 
most attorneys in the in the in the business are appalled by this guy's actions. But of course you're going to you're going to drop the dime on the president because you're 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 a you're a taxi medallion New York mafia cabal there. And you and you have your nuts in a in a vice and you're going to turn on the president because you have no standards, morals, ethics at all. This is Cohen who is a scum bag charged with all kinds of different crimes who now suddenly sees it convenient as do the prosecutors to make this about Trump when it's not. But yeah. The Holocaust made him do it, sure. But anyway, this is this is the very beginning of this. It's a, the it's president a of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, is named a co-conspirator of a federal crime. Is that grounds for impeachment? Do you think impeachment is more likely at this point? Impeachment. 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 Does this move the needle at all? More confident. They might as well just say assassination. That's how crass and disgusting these people are. And that's how likely it is that the president will ever be impeached. But they might as well just say that because it doesn't the, – the, all they want is the president out. They, they, want to, they want to change the results of the election of November 2016, and they'll do it any way they possibly can, any way they possibly can. So you talk about being undemocratic or un-American. They want to change the results of the 2016 elections. They want to deny you your input in this republic because they don't agree. They can't stand this. And and the better it gets with our economy and with jobs and with overall happiness, the more you're going to see these temper tantrums and these petty little attacks on the president. The better off things are, the more you're going to see these punk asses on campuses removing Confederate statues. The better things get, the more you're going to see Kevin Hart and LeBron James and all these other scurrilous blacks out there accusing the president of racism. The better it gets, the more you're going to see all this. These these people are panicking. They are panicking. And they want to deny you your president. That's what they want to do. That's why we call them the enemy people. To move forward on impeachment. The president facing impeachment. Impeachment will be on the Democrats' agenda. The I word. Yeah. That's Tobin there on CNN. Impeachment will be on the Democrats' agenda. Do the Democrats really want to say that? Do the Democrats really want to – are they on a suicide mission for the midterm elections? Do they really believe that by putting impeachment as their number one priority that they're going to take over the House? And first of all, it's – Never going to happen because the Senate won't ever approve of it. But just the mere fact that you're having impeachment hearings, just the mere fact that you're having these kinds of things going on for two years is destructive enough. 
if if the if the Democrats do take over the House, this becomes all they talk about for two years. That's going to hurt this country. It'll get in the way of uh, gains in the stock market. It'll 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 frighten investors. It'll panic businesses. But that's what they want. This is how they are going to destroy this country. This is how they are this is how they are going to do it. So just the mere fact whether they even impeach him or not, the fact that, that they can be in a position where they talk about this for 2 years is a huge problem. It is a huge problem. And I hope that Americans swamp the polls and drown these rats once and for all. This has to happen. We need these people electorally exterminated. That's what we need. And if we can and if we can take some of the others out along the way, let's do it. And obviously I'm talking figuratively in terms of electorally, and I just said that, so anybody trying to claim this is some kind of call for violence, you're out of your mind. But I guarantee you, you want a civil war in this country, you, 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 you remove our president, and you you're damn well will get it. I'm just telling you. And let me tell you something else. Doug Giles, I wish he could uh, he could be able to let me know about this because uh, he he showed me something last night, folks, for the run up to twenty twenty that is just going to knock your socks off. I got to ask him whether he he's going to let me let me do this or not. Let me show you this. We might have to wait until the weekend, but you know he's an artist, as you know. And he is a uh, great guy, and, and he he does some real great political art. I'm talking about like folk art stuff. You know, he did that thing about draining the swamp and his political art. He does you know uh, gigantic tigers and lions and all that other stuff, and Raquel Welsh. But boy, his political art is great and it's biting. And this latest one for 2020, I told him, I said, you need to put these uh, as square bumper stickers so that we can put them on our cars and paste them everywhere. So we can, so that we can take them and, and, you know, all these, you know, all these people on the left who tend to uh, paste things to telephone poles and stuff like that. You give me a, uh, you give me a thousand Thousand of these, I'll have them pasted up everywhere, all over the joint. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do guerrilla warfare with these things, these these uh, bumper stickers. And yeah, you're right, D. I'm not kidding you. You, uh, we will, we will revolt. You think, you think, you think removing, you think this is all fun and games? Me, us listening to you mention impeachment two hundred and twenty-two times a day. On two networks, you think this is all fun and games? 
And again, you might as well just say assassination because that's the end result of what you're trying to do. You're trying to remove our president and destroy all the gains that have been made. You saw Bill Maher, how he talked about how he'd rather have the economy tank just to get the president out of there. You do this, I guarantee you, you're going to get your civil war. Because first of all, we're not scared of you and you Antifa jackoffs with your with your uh, with with your uh, handkerchiefs over your face and your swinging bike bike locks will be you will have you will be outmatched. I'm just telling you. Stop poking us. But in the in the run up to all this, folks, I'm telling you, get out to the polls and push these rats' heads underwater once and for all. Get out to the polls, and the Democrats are so stupid that they have decided that this is going to be their election plan. Hey, elect us, and we'll impeach your president. Good move, Democrats. Like I said yesterday, I'd love to play poker with these guys because they are dumb as a bag of hair, and they are inciting us, and what could could incite us more than the attempt to remove our duly elected president and lie about it along the way. This Ali Velshi thing where he, he declared on the news that our president is declared a co-conspirator on a federal crime, which is patently, absolutely false. False. But it doesn't stop them. Now you know why they're called the enemy media. Thad Kevlogi, what's up, buddy? I ran into Thad's parents. Thad was one of the best producers uh, I've ever had, TV producers. I was, uh, Steve, aside from Steve Church, and uh, Thad was out there, ran into his parents yesterday at the, at the event, the uh, Celebrity Waiter event. Beautiful uh, for crisis, the Crisis Nursery. What a great organization. And if you weren't able to make it out there, at least to consider them in your... Uh, Holiday Giving, the Crisis Nursery. They do such great work for for families in need, in dire need, to have somebody be able to take care of their children or there might be an emergency or they might have suddenly a job. Whatever it happens to be, the Crisis Nursery has been there. They've been around, I think, upwards of, uh, man, I don't know how long, how long. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's been more than 35, 40 years. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. And I ran into some really great friends, too. Again, it was great to see everybody, uh, some of my old media friends, and I uh, had a good time yesterday. Appreciate it very much. Margaret Sharp was there. I have some pictures I'm going to put on Facebook. It was a late night overall, so I didn't have a chance to to mess with it. You know, I figured out a way, though, to save time on the way in. Because one of the things that I do that takes the most time, it seems, is getting a cup of coffee. Now, I could, oh, it's horrible. I could uh, make coffee in the morning and just put it into a go cup and take it with me, but that would be too simple. Uh, I'm constantly on a a, uh, path to make my life more complicated, seemingly. So that, but this time I had a different tact. I said, you know, I don't know what I'll do. Instead of stopping off and getting my cup of coffee in the morning, 
I'll stop off and get my cup of coffee at night and just keep it in the car. It won't be warm, but I'm not one of those warm coffee guys. I don't have to sit there like Lindsey Graham and, and, and cuddle with my coffee cup and hold it with both hands and start talking to everybody. Oh, good morning, everybody. I'm just so glad you're here. We're to Radio Free Almond. Oh, it's so cozy in here. I just love it. I don't, I don't need my coffee to be 2,000 degrees. I want, the, I want the caffeine. I want it delivered to my system right away. So I'll put ice in it if I have to. So this worked out perfectly. But the only problem is I got the cup of coffee and I got it at about 1030 at night. And when you get coffee at 1030 at night, that coffee's been sitting there all day long, people, because people aren't drinking coffee during the daytime. I didn't anticipate that. So I got the cup of coffee. I saw it coming out of the spigot, and it was dark as the night with the moon shining bright. But I thought, oh, maybe this is just because it's Colombian, Puerto Rican, bean dark roast coffee, maybe. And so it turns out it's really horrible. But I don't care because I don't drink coffee for the taste because I, I drink it for the caffeine. It's kind of like, you know, I don't... Uh, I just want it. I just want the caffeine. It's all. I, I probably didn't need to need this, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I'm thinking that that plan of getting the coffee the night before probably isn't a good one for those reasons I just expressed. It's uh, it's old is the number one reason, but I don't need it to be warm. I don't understand why coffee has to be so damn hot all the time. Like, I mean, what, what is there? Are there? Is there bacteria in it that requires it to be boiled to 3,000 degrees to where you buy the coffee? Half the time I buy my coffee in the morning anyway, it's so damn hot I either have to pour water in it or I have to just let it sit there for a while and even get to drink it until 730 because it's cooled down by then. This way it's cool the minute I open it up. And it's horrible, but it's cool. And I didn't have to stop at a convenience store and get behind the guy who just bought a month's worth of, of lottery tickets and filled every one of them out. That's always my luck, too. When I'm in a hurry at a convenience store, I get behind the guy who has a fistful of these things, the, of, these, of these lottery things they filled out. Right behind him. I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, uh, Matt, yeah, Madrinas, man. I love the, the cold coffee. Hell yeah, buddy. That Madrinas black coffee right in that can. They're local here, too. At one point, I was going to have them uh, support the show. They were going to sponsor my show at 97.1. I'm going to see if they can do that. Uh, maybe, I should, maybe I should consider that because I, like, I like that cold coffee. Comes in a can just like this, like like my Monster Rehab, which I which for those of you on the stream is really an ice cold Budweiser. Yep, that's right. It's my radio magic for you. So I should just drink this. But I did think it was pretty brilliant of me to to buy the coffee uh, the night before instead of the morning. Because that's what happened. I do get behind that guy. Everybody, I don't know how it is. But just my luck. It's like when I go. 
to uh, the grocery store. I went to the grocery store the other day, and sometimes I'm in a hurry. And this time I was at Whole Foods. I was grabbing something. I'm determined I'm allergic to eggs. Not allergic to them, but I can't digest them. I, I don't know what it is. I've tried this before. I did the uh, liquid egg protein for with uh, Nutrition HQ, and, and I wound up with a uh, stomach problems. And then, and then I decided sometimes I'm hungry right after the show, so I'll go to Whole Foods and maybe get some eggs or something, you know? Because they have the little uh, salad bar or whatever it is with eggs. And I can't, I, I can't uh, digest them. Apparently, I have some problem with that. I've, no, I've done an experiment, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and I haven't. Anyway, so I'm, I'm mildly in a hurry to get someplace at Whole Foods, and I go into the uh, you know, 15 items or less thing thinking that it's going to be quicker, and, and sometimes it is. But I go into the 15 items or less. It just so happens that the person I'm behind has like 15 different vegetables separate in the basket. So he's got like a couple things, but then he's got like one rutabaga, one cucumber, one kiwi, one onion, one something or other. And so, of course, what happens is every time you have one of those individual things, the person has to look at it and pump, punch in the code and then weigh it. It's like, oh, my. I, I this is this is an impossibility that I'm behind this person who in the 15 items or less area has 15 different vegetables. I mean, I think I I think I I was uh, I was I I got through I went to the other line got through it and 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 by the and it, that took a little while by the time that was on that dude was still in line it's crazy. That's why I went the uh, yeah I know Terrell self checkout they didn't have it there but maybe they will but that's why I got my coffee ahead of time I thought that was a brilliant idea anyway back to this stuff so Ali Velshi I'm going to begin it again it was only 22 seconds I spent on this so far but this is about a minute and five seconds long and it's MSNBC CNN mentioning impeachment 222 times the enemy media these guys and they sit there and every time president trump or us we might say yeah you you're, you CNN sucks oh lord that's a threat on my life it's like no it's not you're you're dismantling this fabulous institution knows its journalism it's like no we're not you're a bunch of, bunch of mouthy anti-american anti-trump anti Democratic liars. The president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, is named a co-conspirator of a federal crime. Is that ground for impeachment? Do you think impeachment is more likely at this? The, that first one is the one that really drives me crazy. That really sets me off. And I'm not going to beat this to death here, but I. But that's that. This one really. The president makes of the me United mad. States of America, Donald J. Trump, is named a co-conspirator of a federal crime, which is patently. Totally, completely false. And probably libelous. Although, you know, he's the president of the United States. He probably can't really, you know, he's a public figure, so to speak. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that you can go on there because when you're named a co-conspirator in a federal crime, that's a thing. That's you being named as a co-conspirator. Just because you happen to be 
linked to somebody or they hired him. That doesn't make you a co-conspirator. I mean, hell, Alan Dershowitz, who is a uh, a liberal, is calling people out for this whole impeachment garbage and and the and the high crimes and misdemeanors baloney. Anyway, I'll, I'll let you hear the whole thing and then I'll move on. Stack rounds for impeachment. Do you think impeachment is more likely at this point? Impeachment. 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 Does this move the needle at all? More confidence to move forward on impeachment. The president facing impeachment. Impeachment will be on the Democrats' agenda. The I-word. Impeachment. The I-word. Impeachment. The I-word. Impeachment. The I-word. The I-word. And impeachment. Let's. By the way, where did the I-word thing come from? Like, what? what is, where is, how do, how do we get to, to that, the, the, the I word thing? And I, I've never even, I've never even heard the, I've never even heard impeachment referenced that way. Am I missing something? Oh, he said the I word. It's like, what word is that again? Impeachment. Oh, okay. I never heard, I never heard it referred that way. Like, if somebody said to me, you know, oh, what's going to happen? The I word? I'd be like, What? What are you talking about? What's what's the I word? Impeachment. Oh, okay. Where'd you hear that? MSNBC. Okay. Because because otherwise I, I wouldn't know it if it if it ran into me like a Mack truck. What an I word is. iPhone. No impeachment. Oh, okay. Yeah, got it. At the process of impeachment, 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 impeachment to impeach or impeachment, impeachment, he would have been impeached. All of it bringing impeachment back to the forefront. Talking about impeachment. Impeachment talk. Impeachment is a more viable option. Do you think it would be appropriate to immediately begin impeachment proceedings? Impeachment. Impeachable. Impeachable. Impeachment. Impeachment. Keep in mind, they know that they can't remove the president and won't be able to even if they take over the House. But you also realize that they don't care because they know what happens when you spend two years with impeachment proceedings. And even though it doesn't come to light as, as an end result, they know just what just talking about it does. It has destructive forces on our economy. It has destructive forces on our ability to negotiate with other countries on different things such as trade and peace. Because when a president is the target of impeachment hearings, even though my supposition is that most people don't consider any of these people credible, but when a president is under impeachment hearings and an impeachment magnifying glass, it compromises them on a number of different levels. But that's what they want to do. So that they know that they're not really going to impeach the president, but they do know that as a propaganda tool and as a means of disrupting the country and destroying the country and destroying all of our economic gains and everything else, they think this is the way to go. And can you imagine, can you imagine being one of these people, for instance, uh, leaving your family for a week and a half or something or two weeks to go down to work in the oil fields and pull in a few grand in Texas for your family because of our booming economy and the fact that we are now for the first time exporting more oil than we are importing, at least in Texas. 
where we are, where Texas, the state of Texas, is third behind Russia and Saudi Arabia as oil exporters. Where the economy, the bull market's going, people are just, it's happy days are here again. And this is what we're getting from our news media. This is what we're getting from the enemies of the people and the enemies of our republic and the enemies of the truth and the enemies of the outcome of the election, which they hate. And so these individuals hate you. They hate this country. They hate this president. And they hate watching the gains that are being made right in front of their very eyes. They hate the humiliation of your success. They're dangerous. And you could see it just in a minute and five seconds. Impeachment. 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 Yeah. That's your... That's the news media that tries to tell us that they're really not the enemy. Why is the president being so critical of us? Well, Ali, because you decided to go on the air and name our president, our, the American president, Donald J. Trump, president of the United States of America, has been named a, a, a co-conspirator in a federal crime. It's like, no, he has not. But these guys come out of their castles and just make these pronouncements and they're wrong, but they don't care. That's the thing that drives me crazy is they know they're wrong, but they just don't care. Kim Paris is on the way. She's going to be with us. In the, at about 7.30, I'm going to uh, talk to uh, Jim Talent. He's going to join the show as well. And we're going to hook up with him and talk a little bit about the beginnings of the – oh, they're, they're trying to delay now the Kavanaugh vote. And, and it's just disruption after disruption. They're a bunch of spoiled, rotten, butthurt babies. And, and, it's, and everything that's happening that is the true path to watching America – be great again, is driving them bananas. And they don't like it. And, they, and the only thing they, they hate more is you. And so that's what we're getting. I'll have more for you, but in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com, and without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem.
Friday, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Almond. It's raining again outside, so traffic's going to be a little tough. Appreciate you all joining us. Thank you again to the St. Louis Crisis Nursery for this wonderful event last night. It was, uh, raising money for a wonderful organization and uh, Margaret Sharp. Thanks for coming out. That's all you have there. We had an Wagner who says going to pop on the show. Pascal, he's been in here before. Ran into him. He's a good guy. He's going to be uh, going to be on his show next week. I'll tell you what I'm about that. Gia was out there too. Thank you, Gia, for coming out. Good to see you, Steve Church. Oh, one, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you very much. Took a bunch of pictures out there, so check it out. Check it out. John Deal, you know, Call them and tell them. Ask them. Where the magic from? All the way the show. Radio Free All the Common Sense Radio. They're hooked up. Good guy, John. Yeah, call John Deal. Call John Crisis Nursery provides a short-term safe haven for 6,500 kids a year. You know, families can have an emergency that can be involved domestic violence. Or maybe there's just simply overwhelming parental stress. Illness, homelessness, whatever. And sometimes uh, parents need a uh, need a break, and uh, and it's a serious one they need. And so, in steps the crisis nursery. Eighty-eight percent of every dollar donated to the crisis nursery goes directly to help children. That's a high percentage for a charity. That should be your 88% of it. It's just like, it's fantastic. And obviously even the crisis nursery itself has a lot of uh, overhead anyway. That's, a, that's a remarkable as 88%. So thanks for having me out there for the celebrity waiter opportunity. <laughs> I do have to tell you, though, in in a kind of a weird kind of way, that that it was kind of fun to show up there and be there and and appear as if I was like a ghost. Because there are a lot of people who 
thought I was gone, you know what I mean? I'm not going. No. Yeah, no. I'm not out hiding and cowering someplace. But yeah, it's that guy. It's just some people. It was a, overall, it was a really positive, great experience. We had some old friends from Channel 4, Steve Harris. Talking to folks over at Fox 2, Glenn Zimmerman. Nice guys. My old friend Larry Connor. Chief Jacobson. Heck, even chatted with Wesley Bell. You know, overall, and Wagner I saw. A couple of good folks. And it was, uh, it was, it was good. It was, uh, it was overall positive. But I, but I tell you, like a little bit of me. A couple people you see in there, and they, and 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 the, they thought maybe you were, uh, you were away, you were gone for, for good, and they see you and they, like hi, I'm like hi, <laughs> hi every hi everybody, like oh darn it, we thought we put him him away, no, uh uh-uh. uh uh, Radio Free Almond, RadioFreeAlmond.com. I did run into one person who was like, I'm so sorry. I said, like, what are you sorry about? I mean, they were, they were kind of like, it was like this pitying kind of thing. Hey, hang in there. I'm like, I'm hanging in there. Thank you very much. I mean, and they, and they were people, there was a person who like, I, I, they weren't just being, you know, it was overall a very positive experience. And uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Tim Edcock, yeah, you're right, you know. Tim says that Facebook needs to know that this is, yeah, Mama K R. They just need to know that this music thing is a good thing. Because he just, because Tim just went out and went and bought that Simple Minds to Alive and Kicking. Actually, I didn't even, I didn't play that on purpose as I talked about how, uh, how I was alive and kicking there in the crisis nursery slipping away from Is it a fly in my coffee? Running around my cup? What is that thing? What is that? Is it a baby fly? What is a baby fly? Hey, listen, I'm going to let you go, okay? I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let you live a little longer. You're slowing down a little bit because it's about 10 degrees in here. And you're on the rim of my coffee cup. But you're a baby fly. Is it a fly? Still gonna, I'm still going to drink my coffee. You know why? It can't get any worse. You know what I mean? The coffee I, I bought last night to save some time. I just kept it in my car. Hey, get out of here. Stop bothering me. 
wife either went down into the cup, drank the cup, and is now like paralyzed. The, the, the little baby fly wants to talk to me like, dude, have you tasted that coffee? Yes, I have, baby fly. It's horrible. I know. It's so horrible. I'm a baby fly, and I'm like limping around now on the computer. Silver Sun Pickups. Did one of the best live performances I've ever seen on TV. I've ever seen on television. The best musical live performances ever on TV was done by these individuals. Silver Sun Pickups. Best live performance. I'm going to find it, too. I'm going to play for you. Because when they got into that uh, guitar part, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So, yeah, the baby fly is uh, now paralyzed from the waist down. It's, it's, it's now... Uh, it must have fallen into the coffee and then crawled up the side of the cup. Because it's now it's got its wings going on. And it's, uh, it's like fluttering its wings and cleaning its wings off. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because uh, Michael is like, it, might be, it must be a Spanish wine. <laughs> because of its hardness right here. Because of its energy. So alive. It's funny. It's funny. And uh, Ben Murphy said he was producing a curing. Yeah, I know. I could, I could make the coffee. I could do all kinds of things to make my life easier. But why would, why would I do that? I don't make things as complicated as possible. So. Even when I bought the coffee last night, just to keep in the car so I wouldn't have to buy it this morning and waste time, the, even the person who was running the place was like, okay, find that coffee? Yeah, okay. Sitting there all day, baking, boiling, broiling. I'm going to find that Silver Sun pickups deal. All right, so... Even when they were talking about impeachment, the MSNBC guys, they even got the whole impeachment process wrong. That's how careless and shiftless and anti-American and anti-Trump these guys are. They don't really care. They don't even know what impeachment is. They don't even they don't even know. I wonder if I if I play that live version, I wonder if I'll get kicked off. I don't know. Ben. All right, I'll get to Keurig. Every call, every cup is fresh. You will never look back after you go Keurig. Thank you, Ben. Ben's like Mr. Coffee all of a sudden. Hi, Joe DiMaggio here. Remember when Joe DiMaggio was doing Mr. Coffee commercials? And people didn't realize, like, that's Joe DiMaggio. 
Like he's like the most, the biggest baseball stud who ever lived. I didn't realize that. Well, I did realize it, but you know, when you're little, you know, you don't really appreciate how awesome that is. Like Joe DiMaggio. It's it the the guy's unbelievable, but there he is up on the doing a hi, Mister Coffee here. Hi, Joe DiMaggio for Mister Coffee. I'm like, really? Like you're doing that? You're Joe DiMaggio? It's crazy. Anyway, where was I? Oh, oh yeah. Do you, so you think if I played the if I played the uh, the the tape of the of Silver Sun pickups live on David Letterman, I bet you they'd pull pull me off. Well, you know what I would do is I would I would just talk over it a little bit and then get up to the point where I, where I really wanted you to see it. And by the way, uh, if you guys missed the opening rant, and, and maybe some of you did, uh, I, I I went nuts. And I'll go nuts again, but I don't need to go nuts another time on this impeachment thing. Uh, I, I am telling you, as the Lord is my witness, these people do not care about what's going on. They just want to say impeachment, talk about impeachment. They know it's a falsehood that President Trump is guilty of anything, and they want to talk about impeachment. They don't even care whether it actually happens. If they talk about it for two years, that will be good enough for them because the destructive forces of talking about impeachment, you might as well talk about assassination. That's how bad it is for the country. And I will tell you, as I told you yesterday, even with Bill Clinton, I didn't want Bill Clinton impeached. I thought it's a bad thing. Unless a president has committed these horrible acts of treason, I guess you could probably call, you know, you could probably bend things in certain directions like what Clinton did in compromising our country. Because let's face it, while we're all talking about him stabbing his cigar at an intern, the Mooj is plotting the attacks of 9-11. So I guess to a certain degree, just the whole thing became a problem. But you know what? Maybe had we not talked about impeachment for two years and, 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 and had a president who was compromised, maybe we would have actually had the lower reaches of that government paying attention to what's going on. People forget that 9-11 happened on September 11th, 2001, but it was planned for 10 years People don't realize that these, these, these moods, these Muslim crazies are prehistoric. So in their mind, 10 years is like one minute. Because they've been bothering people for thousands of years. So, so, so a 10 years doesn't, doesn't, isn't a pain for them. Well, maybe not thousands, but you know what I'm talking about. They, 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 they're patient. So they, they were plotting the attacks at 9-11 for 10 years. So uh, you, you saw what happened when they did the New York City bombing there. Some of those people were tied to, the, the, tied to that, the New York City bombing, in 1993. So they, they were plotting this whole thing. So I guess you could make the argument that, yeah, Clinton – you know, taking our attention away from this intern thing uh, took our attention away from a lot of things. But so did the impeachment process, tell you the truth. It, it, it uh, enveloped the country. 
and and that's what impeachment processes do. They, bye, Mama Kay. I'll I'll be in touch with you about your witchcraft. You're going to be on Monday to to talk about the haunted tour. They're going to get you and your people a, a paranormal show here at Radio Free Almond. So anyway, impeachment talk, impeachment processes are a destructive force in this country. But that's what these people want to happen. They, they want to stop the ongoing success of this country. They're looking at the news, the bull market, the stock market, employment numbers for blacks, employment numbers for Hispanics, exports in Texas oil. Now we're number three in the world. Texas is, not the United States. Texas is number three in the world when it comes to exporting oil. Jobs are just pouring into this country in terms of opportunities. Earnings are the highest they've ever been. People are spending money like crazy at Target, Walmart, car dealerships, everything else. People are confident. Pompeo is going to North Korea next week. We have we 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 are on the precipice of peace with with countries that, that other presidents have never even bothered with in terms of sitting down with them. We have the possibility that NAFTA, a destructive trade agreement, will be renegotiated once we get the stupid Canadians on board. Mexicans are on board, but the Canadians are whatever they're doing. You just hey stop. Draining syrup out of the tree, Canadians, and get your ass over here to D.C. and and renegotiate NAFTA. Do something productive for once. What do Canadians have anyway? Hockey and Canadian bacon. And whatever it is, they're dripping out of a tree up there. Their maple syrup or whatever it is. Do something productive. Make yourselves useful, Canadians. And get your asses to D.C. and renegotiate NAFTA. So we've got all that happening. Trade deals that are being re- reconditioned. We've got, we've got manufacturing now coming back. Coal plants are starting to refire. Steel plants, jobs, manufacturing. And all that does is piss these people off. The news media and everybody else, and they they can't. Oh yeah, Molson beer. Okay, I I don't even know whether that's really a, that's really that all that great. You used to have a little Molson up there in Wisconsin, but it's like drinking raccoon pee. But yeah, so the the that they can't stand all that, so they have to talk about this impeachment stuff. Cohen, Manafort, impeachment. Cohen, Manafort. It, it's it's. Nobody cares. And then the Democrats give us the gift that keeps on giving, I hope. You know what we're going to do if you elect us and we take over the House of Representatives? We're going to impeach your president. It's like, oh, thanks for warning us. Because we're going to be bussing people out to the polls. We're going we're gonna to commit voter fraud to get your asses out of there. I'm not. I'm just kidding. Wouldn't do that. But even when they're talking about impeachment, they get it wrong. And that's how little they care about the truth and about what's really going on. Because even they they can talk about impeachment, but even when they talk about the process, 
they are they're wrong. This Ali Velshi guy, by the way, he's a piece of work. He's stupid, first of all. He accused the president of a federal crime as a co-conspirator to a federal crime. And now he's uh he's gonna explain to us the impeachment process. Listen to this. But first, let's take a closer look at how the impeachment process works. It starts in the House of Representatives, which draws up the articles of impeachment. Think of the House as a prosecutor, and the articles of impeachment is a document detailing the alleged crimes. Only the House can bring charges against a president, but any individual Congress member can start that progress. Next, the House votes. A simple majority is all that's needed to approve the impeachment, which is about 218 votes, give or take a few for vacancies. Now, once the House approves the articles of impeachment, it goes to the Senate, which basically holds a trial, essentially acting as the courtroom. Which will never happen, by the way. And the jury. The Senate needs two-thirds or 67 members to vote for impeachment. And and that's correct what Velchi said. He's standing in front of a graphic that says 60 votes out of 100 are needed for impeachment. So even when these guys are trying to make this happen, they absolutely have no concept of how it actually works. Because in the end, people, they just absolutely do not care. Coming up, Kim Paris is going to drop in. And we also have the guy who is the Papa John's pizza guy who says, you know what? This is bull crap. I want my company back. And good for him. They tried to run him out, but the Papa John's guy is back. And now we have also two Americans who are overseas and in jail. And we've got to have something done about this. And we're going to talk about that. And also we have our friends still over there in Hawaii who are uh, bracing for a a real problem, but uh, with this hurricane. So uh, we've got uh, prayers out for our brethren there in Hawaii. Hawaii. I need to play some Don Ho for these people, right? Yeah. All right. So Kim Paris is on her way. Is that a, is that a Harry Truman shirt? Seven hours and Good morning this morning. Make sure you check out my friends over at Mattress King, one Mattress King. On Facebook, one Mattress King on Facebook. Chris Kahneman. We'll let you know tomorrow. Tomorrow, 10 to 2 is wide open, so you just walk on in at St. Peter's there. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. How come, uh, how come she's on I that mic? Nothing can take away this oh, yeah. Nothing you smell good, Kim Paris. Gonna get your, they're going to get your mic up there. Is this, does this mic not work, or what's up? No, it's a request. Oh, oh okay. Huh. Got you. I, you know what? You stand the whole time. So, for me, it's like, I'm just adjusting. 
Oh, okay, good. Unless it, you know. Well, it is true. People could see a little bit better. Well. That way. I think last time you were in, you were there, weren't you? What's that? I said, now that you're adjusting to the idea of me being on the mic, I wanted to move it over. Is this too close for you? Are you a space person? No. Because I am. No, I'm not one of those people. You're not? No. Okay. The only time I, I ever am a, am a space person is when uh, when people get... There's some reason why... there's. It's kind of weird. But... When... When I'm in a grocery line or something. Oh, when they're up behind you. Yeah, I don't understand why. Can we get her? If we're going to have her on mic, can we have her mic? Uh, is it, do you have, I don't hear. I don't hear you. You're not. Are you either? You're not talking into it, or it's not loud it. enough. I don't hear it. You don't hear it. I don't hear myself. Oh. By the way, did you see this? Now I, I know this may appear divish. This this is uh, consumer confidence spending. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Plus, with the headphones, see, that's where my sunglasses go. I see. Yeah, it's a little diva-ish, but that's okay. <laughs> it's kind of a little Glenn Becky. <laughs> oh, no. Too, Those are fucking... <laughs> too, good for, well, too good for headphones. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I don't hear myself yet. As long as I'm not Omarosa. I'm not Omarosa diva, am I? No, you're not. No, I no, no. no. Okay. Yeah, now, now we can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the only time I ever get weirded out about the, uh, about the space thing is when, for some reason, there are some people, like, it, like I noticed this when I was in Italy, that it's usually the Asians that are like that. They're very impatient. And once I got back from Italy, it was like, if I never saw another Asian, I'd be fine. They're horrible to be in a in a in a tourism thing with because they don't care about anything but themselves. But they usually will stand like right behind you in they the line. They are the model minority, you know that though. Oh don't yeah, no, oh yeah, of course. Don't you remember in college, you'd see an Asian kid walk in and like, there goes the curve. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I but that's the only time. Like sometimes I'm in a grocery store and there's somebody who's like right up on my ass, mm-hmm. and I'm like. I'm telling you, the line isn't going to go any faster if you're really close to me. It's not going to go any faster if you kind of keep... It's kind of like, you know, when you're in traffic and there's somebody slow in front of you and you're trying to get, you know, up there. And I would I don't tailgate. But where you're up there and then they... Uh, and then the person... There's a person behind you in traffic... And they're up on your ass. And you're like, well, I'm not, I can't go anywhere because there's somebody up ahead of me. And, and you pushing on me isn't going to help me. It's going to help you any. Do you do that passive aggressive thing of tapping your no, tail lines? No, I don't, I don't play, play games. Like, I'm ready to fight. That's no, I don't play games in traffic. I, I, that's, I don't consider my car to be an extension of my insecurities. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, my car isn't, uh, I don't honk at people. And, you know, I don't, I don't tailgate. Uh, and if, if you're, if you're in the way, I go around you. I'll pass on the right. I don't care. I, I, I just, but, but I, but I don't do like weird, passive aggressive things. I let people in 
when they're when they're coming out of a grocery store uh, thing, I, I, I'll I'll stop and let them in. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody wants to pass me or somebody wants to get in on traffic or something, and they're in a bind. I slow down and let them in. I don't speed up because there's I'm somehow need to be protective of my turf or something like that. You know what I mean? Interesting. I hadn't thought about it like that. I assume it's being in a in a rush. I'm just never really in a rush. Yeah. I'm pretty low key. So yeah. but but it might be a territorial thing. Mm. Like you're not gonna it, best me. What oh yeah, about when it definitely are, is when you're getting on to uh, when you're merging onto another freeway and and the traffic starts lining up? Are you the one that that goes nearly to the front and then cuts in? Because you know I just read something that that is the right thing to do. I didn't I didn't read the whole article. The headline was enough for me because that's what I do. Yeah. Well, but it, they it, said it's better for traffic. It tends to move things along a little bit, but some people though. That's like a huge insult to them for you to be. I mean, people are You're so way. Slow. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, though, with with cars, they become the uh, they 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 become kind of the extension of people's angst, and so the car is like their place where they're going to exact a level of revenge, you know, on uh, on the on the world, and they're gonna they're gonna take what is there. So the car becomes that thing. I don't. I don't have my to car. Do that way. My car's too small to do that. But it, it, you know, on the way in, and I'm sorry that I'm a few minutes late. Is that a General I, Mattis I, shirt? Baba Yaga, love it. I got it from my friends at Tactical Shit. Yeah. You know TJ? Yeah, I do. TJ's my landlord. He's and a beast. My friend, I'm, and I love him. Oh, good. Will you give him a call and and tell him to please? Uh, advertise on the show because I will I will tell you you know what they did That's TJ No you know what Tactical did you know they, they that he called 971 and said we're going to we're at, we actually want to sponsor Almond's show uh to keep him on you fire him we're going to we're going to leave we're going to we're going to go away we're not going to spend any more money we're going to leave So that that was what TJ did and then I then I called him afterwards I said hey man I want you to um you know help me out with the can you can you you want to do the radio free almond thing and we talked about it a little bit but then didn't follow up I think they were worried about a little bit about their budget and that kind of thing but so if you if you can oh. get TJ to uh, just uh, I I'm on Facebook and I I could call him but you can push him he, You know more people that push on him Well he just yeah. got interviewed for Rolling Stone magazine so Oh no kidding He might be too cool for school He, <laughs> he got his second Lamborghini and Yeah yeah yeah. So, but I got He's here. I was guy. driving like a little Asian, though. I tell you what, because I'd forgotten my phone, and and that's not happened to me. Oh no, yeah. And so I have this odd, unsettled feeling, which which I I intend to reject. Why do I feel that way? And even getting here, I've only been here once before, and it struck me. I don't have ways. I don't know where I turn. Well, I've been here before, but I didn't pay attention right. because I was following the arrows. And and that is is it's just so interesting to me. I don't know any phone numbers. If I went to jail, Jamie, I don't know what I don't know who to call. I know my phone number, and that's not going to help. Well, you can call me, but I don't know your number. You see what I'm saying? Oh, because your name, my name's in there, but not my number. Correct. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm and to be so addicted to that yeah, little right. device in now functional ways, right. not just the the you know endorphin thing that gets going when you're interacting. So I is is jail lost. is jail a possibility for you or? Uh, I, don't know, I just wonder. I wonder why, why jail came up as a thing. Like if I went to jail, like is there something going on out there or well, you, that we need to know about? Well, you have to. It's situational awareness, right? I mean, yes. I don't have anything out there, although I did have a bad experience once. I, I did go to jail 
um, because I didn't realize that the park police are real police. And I parked up on the grass at a softball game. And, and there was a ticket, and I'm like, <laughs> they're not real police. But then I found out when they, that they were yeah. when I, was, I got into a big fight. Remember in the days when your, your computer was $2,500, and I had a guy build one for me, Dan. And weird name for an Asian guy, but build, right. building this computer. And it just never worked. He wouldn't give me a refund. So my eight-year-old, at the time, we made signs. I said, we're going to pick it. And we went out in front of his business. She carried a sign that said, Dan made my mommy cry. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I call the police. I'm like, go ahead. Well, And I, he calls, and the police arrive. And sure enough, I have a warrant from the park police. Yeah. They're real. The only the people who are not real, though, are the Metro police. So uh, when you see, like, for instance, and when you're on the Metro link, that's real. But I've seen people, like, on the highway slow down when there is, like, a Metro security car. I'm going, dudes, that guy is not going to pull you over for speeding. Pass him. Don't worry about it. And even even in a park ranger, they have something to hide. In a park ranger in a pickup truck, I'm not gonna. I'm not slowing down for him either on the highway. But if it, but in a park, I will. I was one time though. I t- talking about have outstanding warrants. Uh, yeah, I I was in in well, I was in a holdover cell at the airport once. At Lambert Airport. That's exciting. Well, I went, to, I went to I went to to the airport. And we were going on vacation. And I went to the airport to uh, rent a car uh, that was I was going to use. So back in those days, it was like it was like almost it was almost like more cost effective and better to rent a car as opposed to drive your own car right. on vacation. So I went to rent a car, and I I went and I I I didn't have my driver's license with me, so I went to the. I had to go in order to, and I don't know why I didn't have my driver's license with me because I was an idiot. I'm going to rent a car, but I didn't have my driver's license. It so happens. I had to go then to get a like a copy or a proof of my driver's license from the airport police. And so I went to the airport police. Uh, You're feeling confident, aggravated, running out of time, but no problem, right? Gave them my social security number, and they ran it. And then uh, next thing I know, that a guy comes out from behind the office there dun, dun, dun. and comes out from behind the office and says can you come in here please i'm going okay and then they told me i was under arrest because of an outstanding warrant in u city and i'm going uh, okay um what is that for a parking ticket i'm like oh so there's a warrant out for my arrest for a parking ticket in U City. Don't mess with the man. So they took out. I had to take off my belt. So you didn't. Hang I had yourself? to do all those things <laughs> that you do when you're in jail. And Did they you get put, a bologna sandwich. And they put me. They put me in a a holding cell because they called U City and U City wanted to come and get me and take me to the U City police station. So I was in a holding cell. At the airport. Well, this is adjudicated. Are we going to let him out on his own recognizance, or does he have to wait for the judge? They weren't doing that at all. So, so they came, and then and the U City police came about uh, an hour and a half later, and they, the airport police, marched me through the airport in handcuffs. 
frog walked to the waiting U City police car, <laughs> and people know who you are. I, 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 yeah, I'm assuming, but but I'm, I'm I'm walking through the airport in handcuffs because yeah, you go because the airport police were right around. Uh, where the USO headquarters were, whatever I don't, I can't remember. Like right around the edge of the end of the airport baggage claim area. Yeah, and so they had the, they walked me through the airport to the entrance of the airport where you know you drop off and pick up, and that's where the U City police car was. Oh no! Put me in the back of the U City police car, and 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 the the seat the the space is real real small, right? Yeah. So you can't kick, so you've got your right. knees up. Tall people like us. Yeah, are, and, I, and I have my and I have my uh, handcuffs on for people that haven't been in a squad car. Yeah, things you need to know. And they and they drive and they drive me down uh, to the U City Police Department where I am mm, booked. Mm, mm. Okay, Jamie gets this picture taken, and I I am fingerprinted and, and booked, and I sit there and my I pay them my fifty dollars. And I'm free. It was a $5 parking ticket with a fine of $25. But for whatever reason, because there was a warrant, it was another $25. So That's some white $50. privilege $50, yeah. That's some white privilege, wouldn't you say? $50. If you come across the border and... <laughs> yeah. So, so that, 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 was, uh, that was the sum total of, of my experience being arrested. And you know what? It was like, wow. Uh, it was because of a $5. It was because of a, like my bond was $50. Like you'd think that with all the process they went to, that I'd have like a $2,000 bond or something. The man is everywhere. Places you wouldn't expect. Uh, animal control. Same thing. They can give you a ticket. My dog, one of my dogs, Andy, got away. And they got him, gave me a ticket. But after park police, I knew not to ignore that. They can... Put out oh, uh, an arrest warrant from animal control. So your yes, dog's name is Andy. Andy. And where did that come from? Just it's a friendly, happy name. Okay. And yeah. he's a yellow lab, and he's just Aww. well. His full name is Damn It Andy. He's like, Damn it, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so it was in the back of my mind that it could happen. So you know, I'm driving like this. So I'm, and it's you know, it's pouring outside. Yes. And thundering and lightning. Yes. So I was imagining, you know, anything could happen, but I'm here. All right. Give me an update on uh, Apache Blaze. How's that going? Things are going great. Um, You know what is so interesting? I cannot, uh, just like TJ, same challenges, cannot advertise on Facebook, cannot advertise on Reddit, Instagram, anything like that. Although what we sell is 100% legal, right? We're just, we're an arm's length from from that industry, uh, but still, and, and that, in the context of all the other things that, that Facebook allows, this, this, this purity of, oh, no, anything having to do with guns or tobacco or we can't have that, that bad influence. I try to get around that because we have some really great, ApacheBlaze.com, we have some really great blog posts that uh, not only good practical information that a person would would need, but some really interesting articles as we connect people closer to the art form. Right. Of, and, and it's uniquely American. I mean, this is and, – and it's in a renaissance right now. It's so exciting. But uh, uh, 
YouTube documentary about two very well-known artists, if you're in the scene, and I thought, this will get past Facebook. Well, I'm already tagged, so I'm, I'm debating that with them now, because I always fight. Right. And it's like, okay, so you won't let me put a pipe out there, even if I don't call it that. Uh, all right, I get that. I can't fight that. But even a blog post, because it comes from a website that sells functional glass. Wow. So that's my Facebook bitch. Uh, but Apache, I have one every day. ApacheBlaze.com, though, is the website, right? So people can just Correct. go there. So they, that's fine. Also, tell me about the General Manis uh, T-shirt. I love that. Do you like this? Yeah. So, you know, with all things, uh, Baba, Baba Yaga, I didn't know what this was. Um, I have a, another one that I bought from TJ, tacticalshit.com, that has Mattis and says, I come in peace. But I had to look this up because... And I'm not sure that I still get it. Uh, if, if you googly this, this uh, character is from Russian folklore, a witch. So I'm trying to think what TJ was thinking when he made this T-shirt, but I'm not quite sure. Russian witches sound pretty badass. Like, so is General Mattis putting the fear in people like a Russian witch. I don't know. But if TJ does it, you know what? He's a super cool dude. He's great to me. He's our landlord down there on Main Street. Gives me great advice because, you know, he's doing really well with yeah. tactical shit. and Mattis is a great online. guy. Online. So if it's cool enough for TJ, right on. it's cool enough for me. I'm going to give uh, – I absolutely want one. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, but make sure you just do, do get a hold of uh, TJ for me. And tell him that we're ready and waiting to put tactical shit on the uh, on the Radio Free Almond show. Are those guys living the life or what? They are. They're good. they're they're great guys. And I need to go on. I need to go and buy another gun from them. I'm going to call uh, Jim Talon here real quickly. I, I I didn't. We didn't really get a solid time on. And also, we got to talk about Josh Hawley and this priest investigation, this this sexual abuse investigation he's undertaking. And I know we have an issue here, but, you know. Hello. Good morning this morning, Jim Talon. How you doing, man? I'm wonderful, Jamie, on this rainy morning. Yeah, I know, man. And I'm here with Kim Paris, who you might know, who was uh, Mm -hmm. an old friend of mine and uh, did some great work for the Tea Party and great work helping to get Donald Trump elected. So she's in with me as well. So speaking of that and and the election of uh, 2016, it it appears that the left and indeed even the media uh, continues to be, well, butthurt over the outcome of the election and are now talking about impeachment. Uh, Let me, first of all, double back real quickly, Jimmy, uh, because, first of all, I wasn't a big fan of the impeachment process for Bill Clinton, for instance. I think that impeachment processes are destructive to the country, and for some people, they are absolutely designed that way. And in this case, I do believe that the uh, opposition to President Trump is only utilizing this talk and, and even this process as a means of derailing not only the successes of this country, but also the uh, the commander-in-chief himself. What do you think? Well, Jamie, let me put it this way. If, if these um, offenses of Manafort and um, – oh, of um, – and Cohen had arisen in a different political context, okay – uh, does anybody believe that the people who are raising the issue of impeachment would be raising it? In yeah. other words, if it wasn't, if this, if this were a president they liked, I mean, the positions would be exactly reversed, right? So, I mean, you're right. This, the, the drive, the motivation is political. 
Now, uh, you know, the question is, and you mentioned the Clinton impeachment, I voted to impeach Clinton, and it was a very awkward and difficult situation. And I don't want to hijack the interview and go back 20 years from now, but it was a situation um, where you were trying to do your job, or I was anyway, and trying to understand what the Constitution would call for under politically very volatile situations where people on both sides were really not interested in, you know, in hearing about your view of the Constitution. So, I mean, there are going to be a small group of people in Washington, there are now, who are trying to figure out what the right thing to do is here. But that's not going to include most of the people going after the president. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, but but here's the thing, though. I, to me, you know, when when they talk about the 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 like, for instance, Ali Velshi, when he was on the uh, when when CNN and MSNBC mentioned impeachment two hundred and twenty two times in one day, uh, they talked about how the president was actually uh, accused uh, formally of being a co-conspirator, which is absolutely and completely and totally false. If you listen to Ali Velshi on this one, listen, listen to listen to he... the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, is named a co-conspirator of a federal crime. That's absolutely false, first of all. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't hear oh, okay. that. It was, well, he it said, was really low. If you want to just go, yeah. What, he what, said the President of the United say? States has been named a co-conspirator to a federal crime, and and that's absolutely not true. Right, and and what what Cohen pled guilty to, it's it's a very murky area of uh, of campaign finance law. I mean, let's suppose let's separate this for a second from the context of all the you know of the of the politics involved. It's questionable whether they would even be going after him in this area because it's, I mean, the allegation is that a payoff was made that was not a political payoff. In other words, it, it was, it was not a, it was not a, a, a payment made in furtherance of the campaign. But the argument is that because it had a political motivation or effect, it's therefore a contribution to the campaign. I've used this analogy with people, Jamie. When I started running for the Senate in 2002, I went out and bought a new dark suit because I felt like, you know, I'm going to be on camera sometimes and I need to look good. And I wore that suit primarily in the campaign. So is that a political expenditure? And, and, and did I have to report it? And if you open up this area, Jamie, uh, you know, you're go- it, it's, it's going to turn campaign finance law into this you know enormous um fountainhead of prosecutions for people who are just you know tending to their business or their personal life so that's all very murky and um you know even if it's true that the president knew about it, i don't think that um i mean my gut reaction is that it's not an impeachable offense and most of the time they just they get civil penalties when they do get somebody for something like this I should tell you, Jamie, I've not I've not watched or read extensively on this subject. I have I have watched some things and I've read some things, but I'm not uh, I like I haven't read the plea agreement or whatever, you know, the legal stuff that was put out. Right. But 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 the fact of the matter is, though, really, this was all about with Cohen, at least it was all about taxi cab medallions and other things. This is this this stuff related to. Yeah, that's right. Business crimes. I mean, it was in in the same thing with Manafort. It's all unrelated 
to the campaign, much less to the Trump campaign, right? So basically, uh, this guy, instead of, I mean, Justice Jackson, who was a great Supreme Court justice in the 40s and 50s, was attorney general before then, gave a great speech, which most lawyers have read, and it was to prosecutors. He was also a prosecutor. And he said, you investigate crime, you don't investigate people. And, and, and now, in the course of investigating crime, you investigate people. But you don't choose the person you want to get and then investigate them. He said, because, and this is 67 years ago, because he said the laws are so extensive that if you investigate somebody who's been active in the world enough, you can probably find something to prosecute him. And he said, that's a tr- tremendous abuse of prosecutorial authority. And that's the problem when you get special prosecutors, see? And, and particularly when you don't strictly limit their jurisdiction and oversee what they do. They end up trying to get people rather than trying to, to investigate and prosecute crime. Well, this, okay. This is why this whole, the Miller investigation seems to be rudderless at this point. Because, because even the mere fact that, that Manafort was charged to begin with and, and, and then convicted, to me is and when when otherwise he never would have been i mean in fact i think they they caught up with him a while back and didn't charge him with it or or they weren't they they let let it slide the, the mere fact that it took the miller investigation anyway to find this guy and uncover all this and do all this kind of stuff is further evidence that they don't have anything on trump and just found a piece of fruit sitting underneath the tree and Grab that. Who they're now? Who they're now trying to squeeze? And this is this is a classic prosecutorial technique. And when when the other the norms, when the other rules of prosecution are followed, it's legitimate. You know, you get the lower kingpin in the mob, and then you squeeze them to turn up. You know, to turn over the higher guys. But you have to make sure the other norms are observed, and it's why I think I've said to you in interviews like two years ago, I said, I reached a conclusion years ago before any of this, the questions that begin, should we appoint a special prosecutor, you know, or independent prosecutor to do X? If that's how the question begins, the answer is about 99% of the time, no. Because when you do that, what you're saying, what the press then will say is that, oh, you're admitting there was wrongdoing because you've appointed a special prosecutor. So once the an administration does that and says there was wrongdoing, we're appointing a special prosecutor. Now they can't control the special prosecutor because any attempt to control a special prosecutor is seen as further wrongdoing, right? Right. So you get, you get somebody with this enormous budget, often who's partisan, and, uh, and hires partisan people to go after people. And that's not what prosecutors are supposed to do. So, yeah, I, I don't. And, and here we have a situation where all this came about because allegedly the Russians conspired with the Trump campaign, which I never believed for a second, both because I didn't think the Trump campaign would do that. I didn't think they were organized enough to do it. And I didn't think the Russians would do it that way. OK, and they've never found any evidence of it. And now we're off to campaign finance law enforcement. And it's um, yeah, it's it's. It's a spectacle, and it's uh, it's an abuse. Yeah. So President Trump yesterday uh, has been is starting to now uh, dig back into this Jeff Sessions thing, and he was once again 
doubling back on his criticism about recusal, everything else. It looks like there's something going on uh, with Jeff Sessions. I, I think I, I do believe that it was a mistake for him to do this recusal thing. And, and it goes back to my conversation with Jim Carafano, who you obviously know. And one of the things that apparently supposedly compromised Jeff Sessions is his appearance at this event where there happened to be some Russian uh, emissaries at this event. And Jim Carafano pointed out, I was at that event. It was an event held at the Heritage Foundation and in conjunction with the Obama administration. And it was some kind of receiving line or something like that. And, and, and there was Jeff Sessions who uh, shook hands with somebody from Russia like everybody else does that any other sitting senator would do. Uh, and, 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 and then and it, was, it was that simple, uh, even though there was apparently a meeting in Sessions' office, which, again, is not beyond the realm of comprehension that even as a U.S. senator yourself, right, you had people stopping by your office, correct? So the whole recusal oh, sure. thing seemed unnecessary. Yeah, foreigners, particularly new ambassadors, or remember they collect these these ambassadors, or they collect chit chat. That's for the, just as our people collect chit chat. That's a lot of what diplomats do. And so something will come up in the chit chat that says, "Oh, Senator Talent is interested in this issue that could affect our country." Like, okay. Uh, Senator Talent is interested in the South Korean policy to not import American beef, which Senator Talent was interested in, right? So we need to put it on the list to send somebody by to see Senator Talent. And then I tried to avoid those because, you know, I'm not a diplomat, right? So uh, I didn't want to take up their time or mine, but it's all routine. And I said at the time, you know, these extravagant attempts to sh to show that you're uh, you know, that, that you're highly ethical by, by recusing yourself from a part of your job uh, is, in my opinion, a mistake, whether it occurs in the executive branch or the legislative branch. I, don't, I, I think if, if you have a conflict of interest, uh, yes, if it's, you know, your brother who, you're, you're the attorney general, it's your brother who's being investigated, or they're investigating a company in which you hold some stock or something, yeah. But if you don't have a conflict that the average person can understand is a real conflict in about 15 seconds, then you're there to do your job. And you just do your, yeah, you're going to take heat. You're going to have people say that you're biased, et cetera. It, you know, it goes, it goes with your name being on the door. I used to tell new legislators all the time when I was the Republican leader that there was a provision where you could vote present on a bill. And it was for conflicts of interest. But I said it's not it's not for votes where you feel uncomfortable casting a vote or you're not sure or you're afraid you're going to be criticized. That's part of what goes with the job. OK, you do your job and you go out and you explain why you did what you did. And I was never comfortable with Jeff recusing himself from this from what I saw. And again, I didn't read, you know, essays on the subject. I didn't see anything that would have justified recusal. Now, I'll say this. I mean, and, and President Trump does things differently. I've never seen presidents in the past be so publicly critical of, of their subordinates right. and then keep them in office, right? It's like, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, not, really a, it's not really a great team-building exercise, let's put it that way. But, no, uh, it's not. And it's like, it's a little strange. It'd be like you, you know, you the, the, the Allman Show, and you're publicly criticizing your producers all the time. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's strange. Yeah, and, uh, no, I don't, you're right. I don't think it works very well long-term, but the president hasn't asked me about how he how he's doing his job. Yeah, and, well, so, so does this mean in your mind that a dismissal is coming and and it's a little bit it's a little bit of a sad situation period because you know Jeff Sessions was a valuable asset to President Trump and was one of the first individuals to come out uh, and support him uh, and it was and it was really a cool thing that he did but the fact of the matter is though it almost seems like he is just uh, now a basically rendered himself a eunuch of sorts and that's not an asset to the president. And I think at some point you have to both decide, hey, are you helping me by, you know, have, having, you know, one ball, not two? Uh, and, and, you know, are, so at that point, maybe there's this there's – this, uh, because Sessions came out yesterday very forcefully and said something about, you know, defending the Justice Department and his guys and that kind of thing. So it almost became a little bit of a – standoff of sorts so do you think that that a firing or is coming well it's kind of hard to predict um the president isn't always predictable uh i think if he, if if sessions does go whether he's fired or he resigns remember you got a you appoint a successor and he's got to get confirmed right so i i don't think anything happens till after the midterms uh and then uh i think the president needs to and will step back and think about, you know, who he wants for the last, you know, the two years leading up to the reelection. Uh, and, uh, you know, then he'll make some decisions then, but I, I, I just don't, you know, obviously I don't know. Right. Um, right because, right. yeah. All right. Uh, one quick question before you get away now yeah, sure. about Pompeo and the announcement that he is going to go, He's going to be. Is he going to be in North Korea next week or around it, meeting with North Koreans? What's what's happening? I think there? it's around. Okay. I think it's around, and I think um, what they need to do here, and I and and they've been doing it, but I I think they need to they need to do it with greater purpose and will. Jamie um, is that you you have to keep the, not only keep the pressure on, you have to ratchet it up until you get performance. In other words, the commitment to perform by the North Koreans, the right response is, oh, that's fine. And when you actually perform, then we'll do something. And uh, until you perform, we're going to treat your commitment as not affecting our policy at all. So we're actually going to tighten the sanctions. This is how you have to deal with people like Kim Jong-un. And they've been better at this than past administrations, but not as good as I would like. I would just say, look, we're continuing the maximum pressure until you um, disestablish your nuclear architecture. That's it. And uh, if you want to talk about how to do that, sure, we'll talk about it. But, uh, we're, but we're, not, we're not backing away from any of the pressure that we've been applying because it's the pressure that brought, the, brought them to the table. It's not right. their desire for an agreement, right? I mean, I mean you know we, know, we know that joke already. So that's what I'm – and I think that's what Mike, Mike Pompeo is doing, and, and I think that's the message that he's going to send. Interesting. Well, I, 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 again, this is—it just seems again like good news, 
And we have seen so much good news this week, whether it be the bull market run, whether it be the announcement that uh, there is just Texas is finally exporting more than it's importing in terms of oil. Uh, we're seeing job increases, earnings increases, consumers spending uh, money. Uh, we, we're seeing so much. And, and now on the North Korean front, we're seeing this. So I guess it's no wonder that the enemies of the truth and indeed, I, I, and I believe, of, of a, of a uh, duly elected president are now just babbling on about impeachment. And I guess that this is. Well, you know, I, I, I agree. And, well, I don't know if that's the reason. I think that they, uh, the reason is what you said at the beginning, that they've never accepted the fact that Donald Trump got elected. Yeah. And they, and they won't accept what it says about how the American people feel about them. I mean, whatever you think of Trump, uh, the, the, the established, the elite, the influencers in the country are at a very low level of respect uh, from the people. And it's, and they deserve it. And I, and I, you know, I, I've never seen anything like this, Jamie. Um, it's it's terribly irresponsible to have influence and to use it in a way uh, where you're going from one double standard to another. You're not being thoughtful. You're not being even attempting to be balanced. And it you know it puts the people like Trump in a bad position because look, if you don't fight back like on social media. Then they just beat the tar out of you. If you do fight back on social media, then you sh then you contribute to shifting the attention away from the substantive things that matter to people that you were just talking about, right? So you're really there's there's no there's no win win kind of way of responding to that. And um, uh, you know he obviously he's a fighter, so he's going to fight back. But then part of the problem is every tweet that he does that's you know relevant to their attacks is not a tweet about the economy. You know, it's not a tweet about rebuilding the defenses of the country and that sort of thing. So it's a tough position. Well, the good news is the Democrats, we've tricked them into stating publicly that their official agenda in, in, in the run-up to the midterms is if they get elected and they take over the House, they're going to impeach the president. So thanks for the warning. Because we're going to be basically uh, flocking to the polls as a result. Anybody who was on the fence about whether they really needed to get out there and vote are certainly convinced now that they do, <laughs> if you're a conservative and you're a Trump fan. So uh, the, I'd love to play poker with the Democrats because they really are uh, pretty foolish. I, gotta, I, gotta well, say I that. agree with that. And I, and I think part of the reason, Jamie, is that they don't have an agenda. Uh, they, uh, any other agenda. I think yeah. you're going to see two years of investigating the administration and trying to maneuver to impeach the president uh, and or, and to take whatever comes out of these investigations and turn it into an impeachable offense. And uh, they don't have an what's the what's the alternative agenda that they're going to do? So, I mean, look at Bernie Sanders agenda, right, which costs like I don't know, $17 trillion or something. And it's just a rehash of the things that have failed when, when it's been tried in this country or in other countries. And so that's, that's a huge problem, Jamie, which we ought to have to do an interview on sometime, is that the agenda of the left is basically an early 20th century agenda that <laughs> failed in the mid-late 20th century, and they haven't replaced it with anything. Yeah, I, I and, and, and look, I talk with my Democratic friends about this. 
I mean, what they had very high hopes a hundred years ago that all this was going to produce nirvana, and it didn't. And now, what do they do? And um, so, yeah. So this is this is one of the reasons for all this sort of short term politics because they got to do something. What else are they going to do? Right? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. My grandfather, who was a Church of Christ minister, lived to be one hundred one years old. God love him. Uh, but his whole life. Uh, he was a socialist. He, he he voted for Norman Thomas. Every time Norman Thomas would run for president, my grandfather voted for for Norman Thomas, who was a, you know, obviously an avowed socialist. I think the first uh, establishment candidate he ever voted for was uh, FDR. Uh, mm-hmm. up, up until that time, and and there was there was that there was there were these individuals, as you point out, and I think it's fascinating because we do need we should talk about that. Um, there were people who really thought that that was that whole thing was going to take hold. I mean, there was a true. Oh yeah, role. Jamie. Yeah, socialist. I'm old president. enough to remember. I'm old. Uh, I'm sorry. I inter- interrupted. No, that's right. Which you should not do. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember. I mean, the fifties. Everybody was a liberal, or supposed to be a liberal. Now they weren't necessarily socialists, but uh, that whole agenda, you know, which was going to produce you know, equality and prosperity and fairness and racial harmony and all that. And it didn't. I mean, there were good things about what they did. But it, it as, a, as a broad agenda, uh, it failed. And they've never come up with a replacement for it. And I think a lot of the, the sillier stuff that they do is because they're, they're searching for something uh, to be enthusiastic about. And it, and, and it produces... A negativity, and this this can happen on either side. You know, when you don't have any confidence that your ideas are really going to help people, after a while, you tend to become very negative and very angry. And I think we're seeing a lot of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I just I, I I hope very much you're right that people will get out and vote. Uh, it's an important election. Uh, they're all important. This one's very important. And you know what you said is one of the reasons. All right, Jimmy. Well, thanks for your time, my friend. And as always, it's great talking to you. And uh, appreciate your insights, brother. And thanks for taking the time out. You get me going. You're better than the second <laughs> cup of coffee, my friend. <laughs> I we love it. Bottle you. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, th- thanks a ton, buddy. Okay, man. I'll say that's uh, Jim Talent. Got such great insight. Good guy. He's a, you know he he likes this format because it's a longer format. But you can you can get so much more information and talk so much more and learn so much more in this format. I love watching that interview with. Uh, Nancy Pelosi on MSNBC. Did you see that a while back? And she's and she's and, and they're like, so what's your agenda, Nancy Pelosi? Like, uh, well, uh, a big circle. infrastructure. And you remember Mitch McConnell back in 2009? It was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. She's like living in the past. It's fascinating to me what's happening with that party. And you know what? I don't feel the same way that you and Jim do about uh, Jeff Sessions. I don't think that's what's happening here. Yeah. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think that uh, 
I think that we will probably see some indictments come down, not the big ones until after the first of the year, but I think that's going to be the October surprise. I think he's been working diligently with uh, uh, attorney Huber out of Utah, and I can't believe that he's just been sitting in his office and, you know, on... uh, Candy Crush. He's working very quietly. I think getting him out of the Russia investigation was important because it allows him to stay under the radar. And and the other, the only other explanation is that somehow he's been flipped. Well, that that is not possible. I think that yeah, he no, been that's certainly not possible. No, he's been working very diligently, putting all these things together. It takes a lot of time so that everything is airtight. There's work that had to be done in advance of that. People removed from power. I mean, if you think about it, the bottom line to me, Jamie, is she will be indicted. She will. Pick a crime, any crime. She will be indicted. I don't even know who is taking her calls anymore or any of the rest of, of, of that, uh, that cast about of Hillary? characters. Yes. Hillary will be indicted. They're all... The, most of them are going down, except for those that are participating. There's no way that she cannot be indicted. Clear-cut violation of multiple laws, the Espionage Act, you know, you you get her under racketeering. I mean, there's just so many things that they did not think that she would lose. That's what this comes down to. They're they're like sloppy drunks now trying to cover their tracks because they didn't think she would lose. And now this president has, he has all the levers. You want to know what NSA has? President can go ask. I'd well, ask about if it's if it's not if it's not Hillary, it has to be people like Strzok and Comey and Lisa Page and these others who clearly violated the law in terms of abuse of the FISA court, in terms of phonying up this dossier that they use as a pretense to spy. And the president was absolutely right. Remember when he was roundly mocked about saying that he'd been wiretapped? At Trump Tower. At, and, and, and the possibility is maybe it wasn't a wiretapping per se, but they definitely were spying on him. And that's language that we understand, right? Yeah. That's what Trump is so good at. Right. He takes a simple idea and, and the others want to parse words with him and say, well, that's incorrect, therefore you lied. He just speaks in, in common sense language. But of course she will have to be indicted because if we think this through, Jamie... Once they are, then the discovery process and their defense uh, gears up. It all goes back to Hillary. Obama may get a pass because I can't imagine there's an appetite. But again, if, if, if it's just clear cut, there might be no avoiding it once you start pulling on that, that string and that big ball of it, it's inevitable. And you know that the president did not come into power and go, oh, well, you got me. And this whole thing with Sessions, it it, it, it doesn't seem like he's really, really aggravated. I, I listen to what the president says and even Jeff Sessions' responses, and I try to think outside of the box. What is he trying to convey? He's communicating with us out here. He's He's making a context for something else or and by the way when Jeff Sessions said that he would not allow politics to interfere the way I heard that was from the Democrats and that he was you know it was in response to Trump but even then if you think about this scenario that they're actually working together 
then you could take what they said, and it makes sense that way too. Right to me. Yeah, I, I, well, we'll see. I, I, I don't, you know, I honestly, I think Hillary's gotten away with this, but the other people maybe not so much. But we'll see. I mean, once you start getting around, you know, like 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 they're trying to do with President Trump and getting these other people. Once you kind of. Uh, nail down the Comeys of the world and get those people, then, you know, as, as Jim Talent pointed out, you know, sometimes it's a tool, uh, the prosecution of somebody is a tool to get at somebody else. And so hopefully by nailing down these underlings, you can uh, re- get to the head of the snake. Uma is squealing, I'll bet you. Yeah, yeah. Where I mean, has she been? Yeah, right, right. And, and that's really what Benghazi was a problem because, it, it, you know, uh, unanticipated consequences where then we had Gaudi in the hearings and that's how we found out about the servers. And, and you almost have to feel like it's divine intervention, right? If something could go, because she had it covered, all the bases covered at the top of all the government uh, agencies. You have Benghazi and then you have Wiener and that laptop. And I think looking back, that's going to be recognized as the watershed moment when everything started falling apart. Yeah. Because Uma sent her emails to that laptop, and New York has a copy of it, too. And now the president's in charge of all the, like I said, the levers. Yeah. There are no secrets from him. Well, I guess the question then would be, then, who is going to be fostered? Who's going who's gonna to wind up in the parking lot with the bullet hole in their head? Too late for Seth Rich. Yeah, because 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 when you when once you start like messing around with the uh, with with the Clintons, somebody usually dies. But now they and can't I, and kill I'm serious everybody. about that. They can't kill everybody. Look how many people. Just what we know of now, and we're just seeing the very what's above the surface. How far down does it go? There's a lot of complicity, not beyond the the realm of possibility. But there's a lot of complicity. So where's Julian Assange? You know, I think he's so, I think he's kind of hot. You know? I'm, su- I'm surprised that you do. Pam, yeah. yeah. I'm mean, surprised they didn't, uh, they didn't try to off Monica Lewinsky. But I guess it was too late. I, be- I bet you had they, had they had a chance to, they would have uh, offed her somehow. But they didn't. They probably would have done a lot of things differently if I they know. could have seen where it if they knew, if they, knew, if they knew a little bit, but, but, they're, but they're like, darn it, we didn't, we missed that Thank one. Thank you, Jesus. Crap. And, and that's what I love about it so much. It's like. Yeah, I mean, but, but that's. So I think that they had the chance. And I, and I realize people are thinking, uh, oh, come on. You got to be kidding me. Uh, you're, you're just, you're, you're doing one of those Alex Jones conspiracy theory things about the Clintons. But keep, keep mapping it out. And, and the one thing I really desperately want to go back to is when Commerce Secretary Brown's plane went down. That's what I want to find out more about because that thing stinks to absolutely high heaven. And that's, that's something that just kind of happened, went away. And nobody really ever doubled back on that whole thing when his plane crashed and he died. And people are going, how did that? There's something not right about that. And Brown, of course, was tied in with the Clintons and everything else. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be a goofball here. I really am. But don't 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 apologize for that. I mean, that's Alinsky's rules for radicals. Right. We understand that marginalized mock. Oh, if you believe that, then you're a conspiracy. You're You're not too bright. But the the other problem now with that is calling us deplorables. (laughs) We're we're now immune 
to insults. Um, maybe still a little touchy on the racial thing. Uh, I had to get in there that even though Asians are the way they are in theme parks, they're also the model minority. <laughs> to kind of yeah, cover right, my, right. Yeah. You know, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're... they're I'm also seeing, and this is interesting, speaking of this fall, that the never-Trumpers that I'm exposed to, that are in my circle, and I put it on my Facebook wall and asked, the never-Trumpers are coming back to the fold because they're pleasantly surprised. But for those that, that that's their whole persona, you know, I'm so constitutionally pure, man. That, oh, I know, you know, yeah, this, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, had enough of that. Exactly. But yep. the others, and uh, they're coming back. Yeah. So November is. Then you've got the walkaway movement, which you're familiar with. Hashtag walkaway. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in November. Yeah, and, and I think that in the end, when, when we talk about the, the, the never-Trumpers and those folks, I, I have to I'm, – I'm really trying because I, I think the general average everyday – person who was a Cruz supporter or whatever, I understand. I understood their support for Ted Cruz. I thought he was a great guy. I, I didn't think he was electable, but I thought he was a great guy as president, at least electable as president. And, and, and a smart guy and, and an important person in the conservative movement. So I understand why there were people who were really heavily into Ted Cruz. And I understand people who were uh, had second uh, notions about President Trump. I get that. The people, though, who I can't I, I just can't let this go. Are the people who were the opinion leaders who were the never Trumpers? Those people, to me, I can't go back to. I, I can't. I can't. I can't do a Ben Shapiro anymore. I, I just can't. And they're stuck. Ben Shapiro's gotten out of that quagmire, but the rest of them—that's their gig. What do yeah. they do now? Yeah. Right. Because you know how they place the panels. Okay. You you obviously represent this view, this view, this view, right. and a never Trumper was a good thing to have. So they're still there, but. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, I, I think you know Ben Sass is coming around, but but, but this this whole idea that these guys are, um, I, I just they don't have any credibility now. If the people who were on your Facebook page as crew supporters, they have credibility with me because they're people who I think as voters and conservatives, it was their prerogative uh, to to mm -hmm. do this. But the individuals, or even if you go back to um, Kasich. And, and these guys, when, when, when Trump supporters were getting their heads beaten in, these guys were standing on the sidelines blaming President Trump for it and were no different than Hillary Clinton calling everybody a deplorable and beyond. Marco Rubio. Ugh. Oh, I mean, that, you know, and Rubio is one of those guys, again, it's like, I, I just, you know, you, you had such high hopes. And, and you know what, still do. But boy, I was, you know, I worked, you know, over at 97.1, pretty much everybody was a never Trumper. I mean, it was, it was, it was it was really weird and lonely over there. But 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 as a calculation, this is though, so much better. But well, and but here's the thing too, Kim. One of the things that 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 see when when I'll never forget when I when I first saw when President Trump announced as a candidate, he had that little announcement at the hotel, right? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to let – I wasn't going – and at the time, I was uh, a Rand Paul guy. And that was actually – it was long after Herman Cain had, you know, wandered right away. Um, so – but at the time, I was, I was really more of a Rand Paul guy and hoping that he was going to see some success. And I really liked Rand Paul. And so then President Trump made his announcement. And I was uh, – I decided I'm not going to let the media or anybody else tell me how this was going to go. I'm going to watch the entire thing. 
start to finish. I watched the entire thing start to finish. The next morning I came in for the show and I said, this guy is speaking in language I've never heard a Republican speak in. And it is hugely refreshing. And he's talking about things that are important to us, core, uh, blue-collar, manufacturing, economic values, taxation, and you believe trade him. deal. And I was like, yeah. I was he, like, he doesn't have that politician doublespeak. You believe what yeah, he says. Yeah. And there were people who were like, oh, come on. You're out of your mind. And but Donald Trump, he's a joke. He's nah, a this, nah, he's nah, a that. Nah, a lot of people I interviewed on the show. Uh, who were like, oh, he's a he's a joke. He's a this. He's a that. So, so as a as a as a broadcaster and as a radio show host, whatever, I was not making any calculations because because I didn't know whether or not my phone lines were going to be slammed with people who were like, you're full of crap. You're no longer you know this. You're not this. And I did get that pushback, but I wasn't making a calculation. Uh, about my audience or about my show. There's That's a poss- very Trump of you, though. Yeah. It, 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 you know, you, you feel the way you feel, and you, and you state it. I had, and I had you to. You have to. You there have was an no other way. To. Right. There was no other thing I, I could do. I couldn't pretend this, or I couldn't right. act like this. I couldn't just— Well, you could. Yeah. A lot do. Yeah, right. Well, they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but, I ha- but I had to be honest. And you know what? Uh, what? There was a chance that all of it was going to crash and burn, and I would have looked like a fool— and I would have let the chips fall where they may. But after after a while, it, it was weird because people started to really come f- around, you know. And But there was always that thing where I got I got the emails from the cruise people or on Facebook. And, and, the, and these people were mean as hell, by the way. Uh, but it was – but again, I – but I was as fair to Ted Cruz as anybody. I put Ted Cruz on my TV show for a half hour and I, I – I, a brilliant man. Yeah, never attacked him uh, personally. Although I did, things did start to get a little weird towards the end there, before Ted Cruz got out, where there was these really highly personal attacks and things like that on Melania, and then there was this and that, and it was started to get started really kind of, and then then we had the Chicago rally breakdown where he had to cancel that rally and I saw Cruz go out and say well this is what you get when you have this hard core language I'm not going dude you didn't just blame this on President Trump I mean that and that to me kind of took me a little bit off the Cruz uh love I mean but but he came around and wound up being a real huge asset to, well, to President Trump. President Trump also said his dad was involved in the Kennedy yeah. killing, so it gets right. a little, you know, we're getting kind of real housewives in, in that kind of. Uh, what I'm hearing from the Never Trumpers, too, is that uh, they, you know, think about this. Before, we've always thought in terms of outsiders. So yeah. for me, it was Herman Cain. That's when I jumped in, and, and we've but, already. Herman Cain st- train! Nine, nine, nine. So <laughs> we've already stipulated that. Yeah. that uh, that the president will be viewed as the first third-party candidate. but and, and we've already discussed how he represents a reformation as a result of a revolt in the Republican Party. 
the corollary is what's happening in the Democrat Party now. That's another reason we're going to take them in November. But but he's an outsider. And what the Never Trumpers are expressing, the ones I'm in my circle, is that they can admit that they're wrong. The only way prior to the president to attack what we knew and God, we didn't even know then what we know now, but we knew that it was swampy and there's so much corruption was to get back to the Constitution and who Ron Paul for years. Right. And if we can just stick with the Constitution, we're going to fix everything. And what they've realized is that that's why they loved Cruz. But now they've realized that this is not the time for Cruz, that in order to get there, we needed President Trump, who's a disruptor and who is just kicking doors down, does not care. And and that is what they are appreciating. You hear some of them say, well, maybe the best place for Ted Cruz is on the Supreme Court. But even if he runs again in, what, six more years, he's he's a young guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're recognizing anyway that the sheer force of nature that President Trump is. And they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm digging this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It was, it because was, it all comes from anger. Yeah. A tea Party comes from anger. Yeah. And, and that's what the other side doesn't understand. Every time he tweets something, which, by the way, it's all those other tweets that, that keep everybody watching. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Mean, we're all following this dude is in every – the president – Dude, he's in everybody's head, well, and we're and he, following yeah. every word. I mean, he's like a maestro. Yeah, well, and he and he keeps the media working on the weekends, which they hate because they're a bunch of lazy stoolies. So what he does is, I love it when he tweets like on a Friday night at eleven o'clock, because invariably that right. means that the reporters are going to have to work on a Saturday, right. and then maybe Saturday at eight o'clock in the evening he'll tweet, and that means they have to work all day Sunday, and 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 he just keeps people. That that was their biggest complaint originally was that they had to work through the weekend all the time. And and he makes them do that, and I love it. I well, love it because they don't have their talking points in advance. Right on, right on, <laughs> uh, folks. Compare us. Go to ApacheBlaze.com, which is her website because she has a great business. But also, if you go to your Facebook page, uh, Kim Paris is on Facebook, and so check her out. And uh, she wears uh, General Manis T-shirts. So, what more can you possibly want from uh, from? From your uh, radio folks, but yeah, it's great to have you on Thank and you, with Jamie. me. And I, I, you want to? I'm going to go into I, because we brought it up, and because people are uh, a little bit um, uh, fascinated by this Clinton story. I'm going to go ahead and go into the weeds with this Ron Brown thing, just for a second, okay? Because it's fun. Then we're going to talk about Josh Hawley, who now is deciding that. He's going to go after the abusive priest, which is kind of an interesting kind of kickoff here, considering we haven't had a really scandalous thing happen in St. Louis, but across the country it has. Also tell you a little bit about the uh, beautiful event last night there at West County Center, the benefit for the St. Louis Crisis Nursery, which was fun time. I appreciated being involved in that, and part of the fun was running into people who thought I had gone away, so we'll get you out there. they're like, uh, oh, hi, like, 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 like I saw a ghost, I'm like, hi, 
How are you? Like, oh, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Great to see you, yeah. Hey, really appreciate Santino cigars and cocktails. I hope you will make that part of your Friday night. Because, or Saturday night for that matter. Mike's done a great job there with his exhaust system, everything else. That's why it's a great place for a date night. You go there, it's a cigar bar, and every kind of whiskey, every kind of gin, every kind of beer, every kind of vodka, whatever it happens to be, he has it. He has your bottle. And you go there, you can smoke a cigar, hang out. It's a beautiful atmosphere, well lit, beautifully lit. And, and so you can leave, and you, and, you, and you don't smell like cigars when you leave. Which is sometimes isn't a bad thing, but some people have an aversion to that. But he invested in an exhaust system that is beyond compare. He wants to go out there and to St. Charles County, but these goofballs out there are still considering this smoking ban, which is ridiculous and anti-American. But we'll see about that. We're going to keep uh, we're going to keep it, keep it going. I think he says the Cardinal asked him to. What Cardinal? Which Cardinal is that, Vicky? Uh, so, uh, was it, you mean the Archbishop asked him to? That'd be a good move on Carlson's part. Carlson's not quite a Cardinal yet, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he's another Cardinal, I don't know. Also, thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855-QUOTE-ME. 855 quote me for all of your home life auto needs. It's the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855 quote me. There's Gia. Gia, thanks for coming out last night to the event, the fundraiser for Crisis Nursery. You know, I realize Crisis Nursery every year, Kim, helps out like 6,500 kids, families that are in the throes of homelessness or illness, emergencies, whatever, or sometimes overstressed, there's the crisis nursery available to help out these little kids and keep them out of harm's way. And so they're fantastic. That's overnight rescue kind of stuff. Right on. You can come here right now. Yeah. They're great people over there at the crisis nursery. I was privileged to be involved. And Margaret Sharp, thank you so much for coming out too. I took some pictures. I'll put them up on the Facebook page. She's such a super fan. Hold on, I know she Man, is. She's she lovely. She runs that chat room, greets everybody. She's the mayor of the Facebook she's chat the room. We mayor. call her. Yeah, right so on. she's uh, she's uh, fantastic. She was out there and gave a donation. Thank you for your twenty dollar donation, which is a lot of money, uh, but certainly appreciate you. And then also uh, ate. I think she she looked like she was having some uh, chicken parmesan or something. It looked really good. It was in Bravo. It's a pretty good restaurant, mm-hmm. and it was uh, fun. Jake Gilberts was there uh, out there, too. Uh, Steve Church and Carl Lund, thanks a lot for coming out. Appreciate you very much. And then also uh, ran into Larry Connors out there, my old anchorman, Larry Skippy. Connors. Yeah. That goes back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got so many stories to tell from the TV days. I'll tell you. It's a fun time. Fun time. And we'll, we might be getting back into it. There's some uh, possible uh, news afoot regarding getting back into uh, television sooner rather than later. So it'll You'll be have good. To tell me. Yeah. I saw a couple people last night. Ann Wagner was there. Uh, so it was nice very to nice run into lady. her. Yeah. And uh, she was very complimentary of the show. And so we're going to get Ann on uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, I did uh, run into, uh, I, did, I, I, I saw on the, sh- 
on the table there a name tag for Claire McCaskill. So I was looking out for her. I heard that this morning when I was listening. Yeah, and I but but I didn't see her, so I'm not going to accuse her of not showing up, and I'm, I'm not going to accuse her of hating babies either. She might have gotten because stopped she for did. traffic and had a ticket she didn't know about. Right, exactly. I mean. Well, no, because no, she flies everywhere, Kim. <laughs> That's right. I don't know whether you. you know, she doesn't have to go through TSA. Yeah, she doesn't, yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought maybe her plane was going to land right there at the uh, on the parking lot, and she'd hop when out. She'd but she'd come in, she'd rappel down like <laughs> Governor Greitens. <laughs> But I don't know whether, but but she, I don't know whether she showed up because I was looking out for her. But I don't. She might have shown up, popped in, and left, and I missed her. But uh, she was supposed to be there. Uh, Gia says so. She was a, a no show, huh? All right. Uh, and also, hi Gia. Uh, hi Gia. Hi Gia. Uh, and and, and Gia, then Gia, also Gia. ran into Wesley Bell. And it was interesting because Wesley Bell, who d- defeated McCullough in the prosecuting oh, attorney's yeah. race. And and I know, I've known Wesley for a while. I had him on the show when he was a Ferguson councilman, and he's not a crazy guy by any stretch of the imagination. I was a little surprised that he beat Bob McCullough because I am I'm mean, hoping he doesn't try to socially engineer the prosecuting attorney's office. But it was interesting because he had a name tag on, and it it said uh, Wesley Bell, St. Louis County Prosecutor. I'm like that's a bit. Diva-ish. You think I'm a diva. But let's face it. We know that if you're a Democrat and you're the nominee, generally you're going to get it. But but it was interesting that he already had the name tag. Right, At least go along with the illusion that there's a choice. Now, he didn't make – That is very revealing, actually, now that I think about it. Now, he didn't didn't make his name tag. They did. But they do ask you what you want on your name tag. Uh, and, and so, and the people that made them probably didn't know the difference. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not in no. this scene. And, and, yes, and so it was really, uh, it was really interesting to uh, to have uh, uh, to to see that. But nonetheless, I mean, I, listen, there were people who had issues with Bob McCullough himself. Bob, uh, oftentimes, especially, he'd been around a long time. Yep, and there were a lot of police officers who uh, were frustrated because they would go. And they would have these people dead the rights to apply for a warrant, and then McCullough wouldn't issue the warrant. And so there were a lot of county police officers pretty frustrated with uh, and what was going on there. And he's a police officer, am I right? Yeah, yes. And his, and his, well, no, his dad his, was. His dad his was killed in the line is. of duty. His brother is, and he yeah. practices out in St. Charles. Yeah. Okay. Right, uh, right, right. I think. But I know his dad was, and his dad was killed in the line of duty when he was a little kid. Right. But- so there were people frustrated. So there were some people, it doesn't surprise me, that there were some people who might have uh, who might have just kind of sat on the sidelines and watched him get eaten alive and, and, were, and, were, and were not really that upset to see him go. But we're going to have to keep an eye on the Wesley Bell administration because there were a lot of concerns about that. I'm going to have him on the show at some point so that we can talk to him about that because he's a reasonable person. It's not like some, I'm not, it's not like we just, they just elected a, a Ferguson protester per se. Uh, but nonetheless, you got to watch out for the, the kind of influence some of these people might have on him because it was the North County vote that put him over the top. So got to be a little careful about that. Cause there are a lot of people wondering whether or not we're going to have a, Prosecuting attorney's Social office run like acorn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the boundaries of crazy have been pushed out of it. So absolutely. <laughs> Look at know? Kim Gardner for crying out loud. 
Uh, you know that that and and by the way, whatever happened with that? Because uh, whatever happened with the prosecution of these individuals who were part of this Greitens investigation? I never actually I didn't talk to you about all this. I don't know how you felt about the whole Greitens deal uh, or whether you were even a fan. But but were you or were you were you part of that? Like I didn't. I never. You and I never talked about this. I know Eric. I don't. I can't call him a personal friend, but I have been around Eric in a professional setting when he first started. The mission continues. He hired me. I was working in the nonprofit development space then, before I went into uh, tobacco-related smoking devices made in America, hundred percent. ApacheBlaze.com. ApacheBlaze.com. And so he had hired me to. Uh, help him start up his giving program for the mission continues. So I worked for him for six months and we got it all put together. Your major donor, your annual giving, how all that works. It's part of any, you know, uh, process and procedure for a nonprofit. And that's when mission continues is brand new. Eric is a very interesting guy and it's very interesting to be around him and how men react because although it wasn't my job to be his handler, often I would go with him to, uh, different events where he would speak because, you know, that's in my lane to help him bring in these major donors and stuff. And talk about man crushes, literally man crushes, <laughs> you know, where they should say, hi, I'm Joe Blow, no homo. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, and, and he's very, um, Eric in person in that environment, which is day to day, um, the office was filled with very young people. In the beginning when I was there, it was a lot of young military or former military. I don't think so much anymore. Uh, but at 3 o'clock, because, you know, I went to Oxford, and <laughs> at 3 o'clock, it was tea time. And everybody had to sit down, literally, for tea, with their tea bags, because that's what they did at Oxford. And that's how Eric Greitens rolls. And he would entertain people with his stories about being a SEAL and all those kinds of things. So when you know that he's a little different individual, I never, my personal opinion, and he's a good dude, he's brilliant, you can't take away from him what he's accomplished, but I wouldn't call him a particularly warm person that brought people in authentically. No, he's an intense guy. I mean, he, he goes in and he, he, he will, I mean, he's... Trumpian in that way because President Trump, while he's a little more casual and a little more warm, but I, I knew Eric pretty well and 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 uh, was able to uh, see him quite a bit, and he is he is an intense dude and you and 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 if you and if you're anyway a uh, beta male, you're never going to survive around the guy. Uh, and, and so you, you have to kind of step up whenever you're around him in a, in a, in a setting like that. So he's an intense guy. So perhaps, you know, in, in a, he had in, no real friends, I guess right. what I, was, I was giving a little bit well, behind in, the scenes in Jefferson city though. Here's the problem no in friends. Jefferson city. It's stock, stock full of beta males, a bunch of pansy ass candy ass Republicans who were instead of actually trying to embrace this agenda of his were a bunch of timid, intimidated betas who, who, who actually their real issue was that around him they felt small. That was the problem. So Eric made some mistakes you, you don't in think terms he of. did that? 
on well, his own? No, no. Make people it, feel it, that way instead of no. like Trump that brings well, people in? It, well, well, listen, Trump is uh, – being around him in, in certain settings, President Trump is a kind of a uh, – is kind of a, a, a guy who is also – you sitting around a room with him, and you know he's not Mister Glowing Warm Guy, and I don't want him to be, and he doesn't need to be. But Greitens, though, Eric had a problem, and that was that he went in, and you, you don't, you can't always just kind of pop in and say I'm here, and then that's how you're going to be a leader. But I do think there's a mixture of it, though, uh, and 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 down there in Jefferson City, which I believe is chock full of just a bunch of again like i said uh candy ass betas who who uh only like to shuffle around in the hallways down there and don't like to get things done and the problem is when you have an intense guy with a plan like greitens and you have a bunch of candy asses you're not going to have a very good mix i'm not saying it's all the candy asses fault but I, I will tell you that, that Greitens had a tendency to be a little more forceful than he had to be. I think he had a problem when he kind of uh, called uh, – kind of broad-brushed everybody as corrupt, which was a problem. And, and, and ultimately what happens though is you mess with creepy people, they're going to get creepier on you. And, 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 and people in Jefferson City are creepy. And the whole culture down there is creepy. Uh, the, the 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 political structure down there and the bureaucratic structure down there that place is that place creeps me out every time I go there. But, but it looks so, beautiful driving in though. So he wasn't a fit there with with those people. But I do have to tell you, uh, you you got to be prepared for his personality to deal with him. And there were some people who just simply weren't prepared. Now again. It, was there a was there a situation where he was not given takey enough and warm enough? Yes, but the problem is it's a bad mix when you have uh, the pendulum swung to the other side, where you have a bunch of candy asses you're dealing with, and and they'll never get along with a guy like that. That is the fallout from it, but there's no question in my mind that he did more or less what it was said that he did. Um, I have no evidence of that, but you asked me what my opinion is when I yeah. go to vote and when I do. So in that way, I think I'm representative of average people. I believe it was believable. And I think what they may be candy asses, but what a dumbass man. You're on the fast track on paper. You are perfect. Rhodes scholar, Oxford. Hey, he already had the domain Greitens for president, but he, he, he started out on the wrong foot and the knives were out above and beyond. Right. I've learned a lot from you here right now. Cause I'm not that familiar with Jeff city, but the knives are out when you go in, obviously copycat, come up with your own tagline, then drain the swamp. Right. Don't talk all the time about how you're a seal. We all know, and the seals don't like it. So now you've got them on. And and just th- there wasn't a humanity there that came across. To me, this is a guy that's very ambitious. He has it all mapped out. You look at his life, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't. I didn't have a particularly good plan. I'm happy to be where I am now. Right, right. But this is a dude with a plan. So in that way, it's tragic that it was derailed because Eric is not a bad dude. I respect him immensely. When I worked for him, it was very exciting what they were doing. That's just my observation. He's not a warm guy. He's a guy on a plan, and 
yeah, it all came together, and I did feel bad for him. Yeah, well, I, you know, there's no question. I also heard when people heard about it, the second thing they say is, couldn't happen. The first thing they say is, holy, no kidding. The second thing they say is, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Right, right. I think, though, even people who were suspicious of Greitens hated the process that was being used to take him down. And, and And so you had people who didn't even vote for him coming out and going, you know, this Kim Gardner... These people are pieces of garbage, and they're corrupt themselves. And so at that point, it got to the point where even if Greitens was guilty of what they claimed that he did, the process to take him down was tainted and corrupted. And and I want to see some of these people. I'm wondering whatever became of these individuals. Now, the reason why I, I, I use the term candy ass to describe some of these people down there is uh, is what has brought us clean Missouri? Republicans brought us clean Missouri. Republicans, you can you can a ton of them support this clean Missouri thing, which is a uh, left wing uh, George Soros Planned Parenthood funded operation to redistrict and turn us into another Cook County, uh, Illinois. And, really? and, and, well, through I didn't know this. Oh, Clean Missouri is 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 one of the most. Did you guys know this? I didn't oh, oh, know yeah, this. they no people who listen to Radio Free Alma know it. But they they they, they no, I'm serious. We talked. We've talked about this extensively. I missed it. And, and and you had all these Republicans who were behind this Clean Missouri thing, and and if you investigate it further, where they're going to have this state. Uh, 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 geographer or whatever it is who who's going to be in the auditor's office who is going to uh look at the democrat state auditor's office by the way for now who are going to look at the uh the numbers and start to redistrict and what they're going to do is they're going to turn and clean missouri is of course disguised as oh uh, this is an effort to to tighten things up and for ethical reform and lobbyist reform and all that kind of stuff, but stuffed into clean Missouri, thanks to the Republicans, by the way, down there, some of them, uh, and some of Greitens' biggest detractors, by the way, and 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 the, and some of the guys who also were uh, heavily into the tax tax credit business, uh, the 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 the, the uh, um, uh, Scott Fawn contingent there from that TV show that he does and and, and he's down there the, the former corrupt mayor of popular popular bluff and the, the hayseed of the century but they 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 do all the stuff down there they, they support the tax credits Greitens wanted to get rid of those so it was all about the money and they they supported clean Missouri which uh, Greitens didn't support either and that's gonna what that if you look at the redistricting it's gonna it's going to start to inject more Democrats into Republican districts if anything Thing to create tougher races, but really the end result is to make sure that these Republican districts actually turn more purple and maybe even Democrat in the end. That's their Cook, playbook. If you look at Cook County and the map of Cook County and how the districts go, basically they have from Chicago and they'll basically put uh, like a little string down into Chicago. It looks like an upside down hand. So there's Chicago. Then they put all the in these Republican districts outside of Chicago in Cook County. They've injected Democrat lines that go in there and and Democrat voters. So they so they're they're basically trying to gerrymander this thing and turn it into another Cook County. That's the problem 
and, and these Republicans who supported it are part of that anti-Greitens contingent down there. So that's why I, I'm suspe- – it, it is a swamp down there. There are oh, swampy no people down there. And, and, the, and, and stylistically, Eric Greitens didn't, wasn't able to pull the trigger on that because mm-hmm. he wasn't able to – it was a loss. Right to work, all of that. It was a loss. Yes. And and I guess what I was getting at with with kind of that inside view is it's going to be easier, it seems to me, to protect ourselves than it is it's gonna happen faster and easier to to protect ourselves by watching what we do. Right. Uh, than it is going to be to drain the swamp. That's going to take a while. That's a big fight. It's going to be, you know, winning and losing battles. And and I was disappointed that he was in that position. He put himself in that position, and I was disappointed. I was like, oh, man, seriously? I mean, I I couldn't be vetted for dog catcher. I know this. So, and not that I'm anything big and bad, but, you know, if I were at all successful, I got, I got enough that it could be twisted anyway, just we talked about with Mr. Talent, but he did it. He did it, and it's a shame. I saw the other hairdresser's friend last night, too, uh, at, uh, at the Crisis Nursery event, uh, and uh, Chris Coster was there. So, they, uh, they, 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 uh, Eric Greitens said one thing in common with Chris Coster, and that was the hairdresser. Which was interesting. Oh, I, I, I'm not making any insinuations. I'm just saying that was interesting. They both had the same hairdresser. Yeah, we'll have to see what Q says about that. Um, yeah, I guess. But we, but 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 none. But it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't have been really a. Yeah, we'll have to see. But uh, but yeah, they had the same hairdresser. I thought that was interesting. And, and, they and, both and, have nice hair. And it's possibly why. Yeah, <laughs> it's possibly why. It's interesting because they knew about all this stuff. About Eric before the election, I, and and so if they knew all this stuff about Eric before the election, why didn't they bring it out? Because they don't have as much control over the position if they have to run for it than if they can fill it afterward. Well, that's one possibility. Is it also possibility that if you bring this up? you would also then have to bring up the fact that you had the same hairdresser. You had, you had two guys running for governor with the same hairdresser. The possibilities are endless. So, so if, if one guy has info on the other guy uh, with the hairdresser, what happens is you become dragged down into the hairdresser controversy, don't you? No. Which is why they didn't bring it up they did. And I'm not saying anything about Chris. Co- Chris Coster wasn't married. So I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying anything about even if there was something going on. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. It wasn't anything. It, Chris Coster it wasn't anything scandalous. If you're if you're single and you're you know. But the problem was is she was. So anyway, I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm just saying that's why. And, and how crazy is it? Name Tiffany. You know, doesn't everybody know? Stay away. How crazy is it that you had two guys running for governor who had the same hairdresser? Well, St. Louis is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. I mean, it's really only two degrees of separation. You know, St. Louis is the town where, right. I, I don't know, I could be winning a Nobel Peace Prize, and as they're handing me the check, a few people might be saying, you know, she drinks too much, or you know she's been in jail. Everybody knows everybody. So they were referred. I like your hair. Maybe, maybe he didn't say that to Eric. But, you know, how many good hairdressers are there? 
for dudes that don't get, you know, that stuff done. Like ordinary white guy hair. So she has a good rep. And, you know, they move around in those circles. Who does your hair? Anybody I can walk into and do it. I don't have a hairdresser. Well, you could, you know, you could change it up a bit. You know, I have, I have being... somebody who can do my, do my, but I don't have a hairdresser. I think that's odd anyway. No homo. I'm just saying. But, I, but, but nonetheless, I guess when you're a politician, you need to have a hairdresser. But nonetheless, uh, I, I'm just saying that that's why it wasn't brought up in the election time. Uh, because in order for them to u- utilize this whole thing and to go after him, they would have had to also infuse the, the, the very notion that Chris Koster had the same hairdresser. And that would have been weird. That's why they didn't bring it up. The Democrats had all this stuff in front of them during the election. I'm just telling you. So there might be more there. You know who, you know who also had the hairdresser? Stacy Newman. No way. She's also Stacy Newman's hairdresser. Okay, we have to look into this. I'm on it. And 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 and, and, and Stacy Newman was the one who took the hairdresser to the prosecutor. What? Stacy Newman was the one who took the hairdresser to the prosecutor. And said you need to see a prosecutor and the police and blah blah blah. It was Stacy Newman who did that. Shut the front door. I'm not kidding you. That's why Stacey Newman's stupid stepson, Drew, called her or lauded her as the godmother. Because in the end, Stacey Newman had two scalps. One was Greitens, Mm -hmm. one was Allman. And and, and that's why he, on Mother's Day, this twisted character who has some affinity for his stepmommy, uh, called her, compared her to the godfather. That was creepy. Oh, believe me, there's, the, the whole family's creepy, but we'll get into that allegedly. at a later time. No, not allegedly. They are. And, and, uh, and so she's the one who referred, who, who pushed this hairdresser to go to the prosecutor. So what's behind all of that, do you suppose, if you can talk about I'll, it? You know what? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's behind all this. Or who? A lot of them hated Eric Greitens, but some people hated him even more. I remember at one time that uh, I remember meeting Eric Greitens for the first time. And he was... It's uh, impressive. What's that? It's impressive. For the first time, and he was introduced to me by Joan Berkman and another person. Uh, Joan Berkman is a prominent publicist and a liberal. And at the time, Eric Greitens was fresh off of working with George Bush, and he was uh, a a very impressive guy. Just recently written a book and all that kind of stuff. And at the time, it was with, with The Mission Continues. And uh, he was with the Mission Continues. And I remember actually emceeing an event for him at the Mission Continues, everything else. And he was there. And, uh, and I remember one of the things that really drove a lot of people crazy 
was that Eric Greitens not only was, uh, was Jewish, but he also was a Republican. And among members of the Jewish community, he was widely seen as a turncoat. And in fact, was admonished more than a couple of times a recent by, Republican, though that was right part of it. But 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 still, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, that's a double turncoat. Was, if you were a Democrat and then you become a Republican, yeah. 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 And so he was uh, admonished by many people in the Jewish community as a turncoat. One of those people who actually admonished him on that level was Stacey Newman, which is interesting. And so, and so, there were. It was more than so just petty politics. It, a lot of it was also cultural, and and so there were a lot of wow. people who hated Eric Greitens. And the That's problem is when you're hated, and you are involved in certain things that he was involved in, people are going to come get you mm-hmm. and, and come after you, and they'll take you down any way they can. Especially when they they know how ambitious you are. Because right. you have the website domain right. Greitens for president. Yeah. It's like, oh no, dude. <laughs> yeah. And and if you and if you are really interested in uh and, and then uh it with me where where it was it wasn't about David she didn't these people don't care about David Hogg and never did care about David Hogg, uh and only cared about this Parkway school district race. But having me on TV and on the radio shaming them every day was because of their policies, not because of anything else. Uh, I was another target, and that's why the tweet thing. And then you and you and you and you you couple that with a couple of uh, cowardly broadcasting corporations, and suddenly you're right. who have mergers up in up in right. the air, and they're flipping right. out. And and none of this has anything to do with David Hogg. That's what they do. But this is – I didn't want to turn this about me. I was just saying that, that no, but this whole group – so interesting. Absolutely. The whole group down there. And, and ultimately what we will be able to um, prove, and, and that's coming. You, you talk about October surprises. I got one too. But, but these other but, – but ultimately what, what's going to what happen here with Greitens, and, that, and, that's just, and that's the shame of it is that, that, that Greitens might have been a character – that was rightly criticized for being way over the top. I get it. But the problem is uh, the people who were going after him weren't any better. That was the problem. And had a motivations that were, had nothing to do really with policy and everything to do with either personality or, or in this case, political parties too. The, the state union was a Democrat, so yeah. I Politics mean, I, is brutal. Yes, oh. yes, it, it really is. And and when, and when you are dealing with, uh, it's kind of like when when you're dealing with, uh, let's say you have a, a a bunch of fire ants, right? And you are a let's just for like a beetle. And you throw the beetle in the fire ants, and the beetle could easily take probably uh, let's, let's, let's what kind of beetle should I choose? How about those beetles you a see? A dung beetle. The, that y- yeah, the ones that have <laughs> yeah. the, like the like the yeah. that can do do damage. They, yeah, they they can they even wear them in jewel, as jewelry. Yes. on a little leash in some countries. Yes, yeah, those beetles. So you throw the beetle into the fire ants, and the beetles. Uh, but could probably the beetle probably could take two of those fire ants or three of them, 
but the beetle can't take a hundred of them. And so the fire ants all attack the beetle and kill the beetle. But when the beetle otherwise could have taken two or three of them out, when you have a hundred of these horrible things, they'll, they'll take the beetle out. Eric Greitens probably could on a more, on a, on a, on a, one-to-one basis, take out a couple of these pansy, candy-ass Republicans. But when you have a house full of them, they can together do a lot of damage to him, and they did. And isn't it a shame? Because what we see here is that you have to go along to get along and certainly to rise to a certain level. And again, that's why Donald Trump was perfect. He's a man for this time. Didn't need, didn't have any favors he had to pay back because he wasn't in politics. He has his own money. Uh, and I just don't know how, that's why to me, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, to even get to a certain level, I'm not saying you're shady, but you know where the bodies are buried and, and you've just been able to not be directly in it because it's power brokerage. It's power brokerage. It happens at city councils. Mm-hmm. That ha- you know, right? And and you can't have a guy like Eric come in if he's not going to work with the power brokers at that time in that space. Dude's got to go. And I'll go back to the beetle and the fire ant story, right? The the beetle, though, should not have gone into the the group of fire ants to begin with because the beetle should have been able to know that while the beetle could take out two of the fire ants, it can't take out a hundred of them. So the fact that the beetle went into the fire ant group at all was a mistake. What did he do to get the beetle? What the the beetle does then is he waits outside of the beetle convention hall or the fire ant (laughs) convention hall. And when a fire ant leaves, he crushes and kills the fire ant. Then another fire ant leaves, and he crushes and kills the fire ant. And the other fire, uh, fire ant leaves, he crushes and kills that one. And so gradually, you take them out by waiting for them somewhere else. But you don't dive into the fire ant pit because you know the fire ants are all going to get you. So instead, you should calculate. Eric Greitens is a former Navy SEAL and as a soldier probably should have known better. Because there's no way he would have gone in alone into a house full of the mooge. He would have waited for them to come out and popped them then instead of going in. So that's what you do. That's how you, that's how you deal with uh, these individuals is you, is you have to lay in wait instead of diving in. I think that another way to look at it, too, is his reach uh, exceeded his grasp. And he was on that train, that Trump train. He saw how it was going, and I've got a swamp, too, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to be big and bold, and I'm going to say, you know, say it to you like it is. Awesome, but really only Trump can do that. Nobody can be Trump but Trump. And that's why he was in the fire anthill. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was looking down the road. Everybody knows that. You, you know, I don't know how many times I saw him on TV at the White House. You know, it just happened to work out for him, and that's who he was rubbing shoulders with. And again, for them, for the party uh, brokers, he's awesome on paper. Yeah. In person, too. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I think that's what happened. I think he just got out ahead of his skis, and I think he was on the fast track. Maybe, you know, with your analogy, if he had just laid back... Yeah, and is that what you're picked them off as me? they picked them off teaching as they came me along? Just slow your roll, take your time. Yeah, build coalitions that will support you. Right, 
But he just came off too strong. Yeah, he just went right in. And, 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 but, but again, it was almost a perfect storm for him too because, first of all, he had a whole group of individuals who saw him as a turncoat and a betrayer because he became a Republican. So he had those people who were, who were after him and felt uh, – because I was introduced to him by one of the uh, – leaders of this group of people if you know what i mean and and so and and they didn't and they didn't and eric greitens was a betrayer to them because they felt like they did so much for him and got him going here and then then suddenly he becomes a republican and he's you know right to work guy and blah, blah blah and they all just saw that as a you know he had he had wandered off that reservation. Which the Republicans are very aware of that, and now they don't trust him because he's not a real Republican. Right, right. And then and then and also though he goes in and and he knows what they're up to, and unfortunately, uh, they don't like that. Uh, and, and and you know, like for instance, if you just look at the look at anybody who's ever appeared on Scott Fawn's show, right? What is it in Missouri politics or something like that? Never heard of him. I mean, well, that's the problem. Is is that you've never heard of him, but everybody in Jefferson City knows who he is, and 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 they become his pigeons in his little operation down there. And he has his show, and you must. And in order to get on his show, you have to kiss his ass, and he'll put you on your. And I had, I know Republican after Republican who's been on his show, and they're all the same people. They all because he hated Greitens. Uh, Is it a radio show? It's a TV show. TV show. He hated Greitens because because Greitens was going to get get the. uh, Get the get rid of these uh, tax credit deals. This Mm -hmm. was this was really in the end a lot about money. But again. to your point, and I think it's a good one, they can't take you down if you don't give them a reason to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so so uh, so Eric flew way way too close to the His sun, and, and and so when, once you do that, they they they'll 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 get you because. But so I'm not saying that he didn't make any mistakes here, but the problem is you had people who desperately wanted him to take him down because they had too much money at stake with these with these uh these tax credits and one of the people who funds for instance Scott Fawn's show Sterling Bank uh, are are probably the most prolific benefiters of tax credits and then there are also people who benefit from the people who benefit from the tax credits because the people who benefit from the tax credits are funding their campaigns and suddenly when you are cutting that spigot off they're going to go after you big time, and they did. Oh, the unions, right to work. Right. Unions, for the most part, are nothing more than a lobbying entity for the Democrats, the way they give and they support, and they, and that's what, apart from all the statistics surrounding right to work, I mean, that's what's so upsetting about it is, you know, how these things are funded, and I'm following what you're saying, and you present this information very, very well in an easy-to-understand easy way in chunks, but we are getting into the weeds, and and because the truth is in the weeds, <laughs> yeah, and and the outcomes are in the weeds. 
and and it's just so hard for people to get their minds around it. But that's why you're so good, and you're going to grow. People trust your judgment, and I do too. I don't I don't know local politics like like you do, uh, or even state. I follow more on the national level. So I'm going to turn to you. And what does Jamie think? Because I've assessed you as a very trustworthy person. Uh, our values are the same, and and so what do you think? That's why what you do is so important. And the exciting thing about, um, and I've told you this, but the exciting thing about you uh, uh, having a target on your back is that it really forced you out. I don't know. You wouldn't have made that decision. The decision was made for you to be where you are now. And and I think you're going to find that this has been very fortuitous. The legacy media is dead. You know that? With the, the, the mergers and on the point that I just shared with you, who do you follow? Uh, who do you learn from? Who, whose advice or, or, or recommendations do you take? You are in new media. And I can't wait to see what happens because that stuff really is, is old stuff. Right. And the people that I watch and that I learn from, apart from you, they're not on legacy media. Right, right. There's a dude I follow. I can't, I gotta quit saying dude. I'm too old for that. But I do. It's with, okay. You can I say do dude. with glass blowers all day. <laughs> dude. I do too. I say dude too. I'm just like, you know, I'm 55. <laughs> but, uh, sure, buddy. But they're, but they're not in legacy media, Jamie. And they have huge followings. Yeah. And well, that's you. But see, and that's why it's. Congrats, it, we man. Can, well, thank you for that. But I, that's why I think we uh, are work well together because you have a nice, rich, broad view, uh, having come out of the trenches of working with the Tea Party and all this kind of stuff. And so some of this stuff isn't exactly that big of a deal. So I, I like the broader view because then I could. So my small parts can go into the broader view and hopefully we come out educating people. Uh, on a number of different levels, and actually make, uh, actually pushing them to act. More importantly, and, and but but you need to recognize at the very beginning who's on your side and who's with you, and 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 also the mechanisms of some of the inner workings of the political structure because uh, there are, you find out a lot of things about following the money and all that kind of stuff because then you realize that wow. So your issue really wasn't with that issue. It was really just with him going after your uh, your funding spigot. It was really not you. Did, you weren't doing this because it was as, it was an honorable thing. No, you weren't. You weren't. You weren't wanting him to go away because of an affair. It's not principle based. Yeah, you were. You were. You were essentially just doing this because it was a political thing. Whenever I well, saw these... Well, they did these, glee in it, too, though. Oh, yeah, they did. There was a great deal of glee. They did. And, and, and again, to your but point... But that's just hatefulness. Yeah. When, when, but these Republicans, when I saw them in front of... I saw them standing in front of those microphones and calling for Eric Reitens to resign or, or leave or these, this kind of thing. And I remember who those people are. And, and again, uh, do, did I agree with Eric Reitens on everything? Uh, no. Uh, and did, did did I think that he did the right thing on these things? No, uh, but but I felt like as a leader uh, and as a person who was promoting some good things for the state in terms of tax cuts and all that kind of thing, I was totally fully on board. But anyway, that's you. You hit the nail on know. the head though when you described him as Icarus. He flew too close to the sun, and uh, I I think you know as I'm listening to you and taking this all in, I see some parallels with. President Trump also in that 
President Trump didn't come into this, and I do think he's a fast learner, and Eric didn't have a chance to learn. They took him out that fast because he was just too naive in these things. But uh, President Trump is much savvier and street smart, uh, but he came into this not fully understanding how it all works. He, he yeah. didn't, and, and he is not accustomed to building coalitions because he's the boss. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you do what he says. And with Eric, you know, you think in terms of, of, of he was a, a military officer. Uh, there's no, I'm here to tell you, there's no building coalitions. I mean, I did, so I got along with everybody, but I was no boss. Yeah. Uh, but you're used to, this is the way it's going to be, and you're going to do this, this, and this. And especially Eric, who's so orderly, he has T at three like Oxford. And, and. It was too late. I don't even think he knew what was happening to him. Yeah, it's it's probably easier to be a businessman and morph into politics the than military. it is to be a military guy. Because really, it, when you're when you're dealing with military operations, there's a reason why you have a lieutenant. Well, that's why. And 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 and, and the other people aren't all lieutenants. That's kind of like why you have you know. And that's why you mutter under your breath, you know, just ordinary uh, uh, squids like me. When you're asked to do something, it's like you walk away going, yours is not to (laughs) ask why – or yours is not to reason why yours is to do or die. Well, because when when – That's true. Right. When you're a lieutenant planning an operation, you're not going – what do you guys think about uh, doing that? What do you guys think I about that? I have an that? idea. No, I, Kim, yeah. you're always giving ideas. Let's pick yes. somebody else. <laughs> Everybody, let's break into small groups <laughs> and come up with a plan to attack the moods. No, you're a lieutenant. You're right. going to say, this is how we're going to do it. Here's the map, and you're going right. to go there, and you're going to go there. And, and, and part, I do think it's weird because uh, Eric and uh, President Trump kind of have two uh, uh, Set, uh, uh, opposite problems. President Trump has clearly trusted too many people. Oh, it's and, his Achilles and, and, heel. And, and, yes, it his is loyalty. And and Eric Greitens has didn't trust That's enough no people. That's brilliant. That's yeah. right. And, and 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 that that was that ended up hurting him a little bit. And and some of it was the the mistrust of some of these people was well earned, obviously. But still, I think, you know, with, with, whether it be Amoroso or this Cohen or Manafort, yeah. uh, President Trump is, is, you know, it's funny, as much as he's criticized for being this crazy dictatorial nut job uh, who uh, it, it's, it's interesting. He, first of all, um, probably engages people too much. Yeah. He, he also talks to the media more than anybody else has ever talked to the media. They, talk, they keep telling, tell, talking about how he's a, he's a dictator and he wants to cancel out the media. This guy's the biggest friend of the media that they've right. ever had. He'll talk, he'll pull over in a driveway right. and start jab, jabbering with him. Right. So uh, this idea that, so, and, and then, then he has cabinet meetings uh, that he Broadcast televises, them. you know. Isn't that- and, 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 he's, and he tweets and he does all this kind of stuff. And so he's, he's you know, has this engaging type of thing. But sometimes it's going gonna, it's gonna to sneak up on you. And, but because the idea that he – like Amorosa, I mean I don't care what people say about how she was great in the beginning. I wouldn't – I could take one look at her and not trust that woman. Yeah, she's scary. I mean I'm telling you. It was – yeah. But anyway, but he did. For whatever reason, so he's there's a, there's a certain level of uh, of innocence about him that that is contrary to this image about him. Do you know what just occurred to me listening to you? A trusting nature, but also 
it tells me, it would uh, anybody, uh, something about how he thinks. I'm often surprised by things that, that people will do, uh, and not because I'm a sucker, although I feel like a sucker when it's said and done, but because I don't think that way. I, 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 I don't anticipate that they would do that, and I'm not a paranoid person that, that goes around thinking that way. So I think it's more of a reflection, in my opinion, of the president's mindset. The president is fundamentally an honest person. He would never tape record people like that. I mean, that whole thing is so creepy. I think he was genuinely surprised because he doesn't think that way. It's like a spouse that's uh, uh, accusing you of cheating. Has your life experience taught you, not personally, but just life, that the people that are complaining, well, now we see it, the people that are complaining the loudest, it's like, why are you so worried about what I'm doing when you don't talk to me for an hour? (laughs) You know, the way you're thinking, who thinks like that? I know somebody who's doing that. Right, right. So uh, that's how I take the president. And I think that he was hurt. I don't think he's hurt by Cohen. I don't think he's afraid. If he is afraid, he he doesn't show it. If he is guilty, then he's a psychopath, that he can get out there and have such swagger. I mean, he does everything to get up there. He's rising and go, ha-ha! Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? I love it. Uh, by the way, I, I, do, I do want to let you know, too, we're, we're over time, though, Kim, right now, but I do want to let you know, too, that Doug Giles, I wonder if he got back to me yet, but you should see this. I'll show it to you. Kind of, I can't. He has not allowed me to... Uh, I get to see it. He has not allowed me to uh, air it. I'm, so I, I'm, I'm, I hope you guys aren't at, I hope you guys don't mind, but I definitely will share it. But I want to let you know he's got this new painting, right? This new thing that I will, I, I guarantee you, we're going to turn into square bumper stickers and, and pamphlets, and we're going to, or pamphlets, but, and, and, and uh, things that we're going to stick on every phone pole everywhere. And, it's and they run up to twenty twenty. Did you see that? I did. It's a it's 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 a he poster didn't let me that look he at made. It very long though. I it's see a that you poster made it. with President Trump on it, but but it's it's going to knock your socks off. I'm just telling you. So uh, we'll try to. I'll try to get him to reveal. We'll it We'll put on it Monday. on a pipe. Would you let me do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, we can sure. have it sandblasted. You've seen the, the military pipes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work I mean, something out. It was, but it's really great, and it's going to be what's necessary for uh, the for we, the twenty twenty election. Red pill people. That's how we red pill my customer base. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. So ApacheBlaze.com is where you can find uh, Kim's stuff, and you can find her on Facebook too, Kim Paris. Thanks. And then, by the way, I I didn't get to, I forgot to tell you the story about uh, the headphone thing. So you brought in these. Uh, headphones. These are for like professional musicians, right? Exactly. But but generally, like what happens is like like for a woman, you know, that's good because you have your sunglasses and you have you know whatever. Uh, but there are some people who don't wear headphones for other reasons. Like like Roy Blunt when he would come into the stu- studio. Uh, by the way, Roy Blunt, who's never hasn't called me back, won't return my phone calls anything Ooh, anymore. Yes. Um, uh, he would never wear headphones hmm, in the studio. Why? Because it would mess up his hair. Well, that's kind of what I did it too, but... Well, but, but you're a woman. Oh, true. I mean, you know... Who's his hairdresser? <gasps> Think about it. <laughs> I don't want to go there. But no, he would... And then there are some people who... Um, 
Sometimes the guys will go like that, you oh know. God, They'll wear them cool like on their school. on their shoulder. But he he would never wear headphones. And 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 when you're on the radio and you're not wearing headphones, it really is a it's really bad because it doesn't because it, you're not hearing anything. You're not you're not really hearing things as they really are. Well, I don't like these as well as those because those really are noise canceling. Yeah. And so it's in my head. Right. But this I still have outside noise, but I can hear myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all right. No, but I mean, whatever you, okay? what you think. But I, I just, I was reminded of the uh, so you don't Roy Blunt headphone thing. <laughs> no, because I really don't. Um, I wear a hat anyway. You know, it must be lucky you and me. Get I just up, throw a hat put on. your hat on backwards and go to work. Get up and put my hat on. You, that's what I think I need. Uh, I sleep you with my me. hat on. You provided you invite me back. I need yoga pants with pockets because I am kind of in my pajamas. <laughs> and, you know, because I found out that I don't fit in most of my clothes anymore. If Why? I invite you back. Why? Because I wear pajamas to work. And I'm down on the end of Main Street with all the restaurants. I get to work. I start thinking about lunch. You know, I mean, I like buns of steel, but I like buns of cinnamon, too. So, oh. But then I saw myself last week. I'm like, that's it. I'm going on a diet. You look great. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean. You know, thanks Jenny on the block who made, you know, thick, cool for the first time. But no, Jamie, I mean, I, I got to get with the program here. Thank I can't, I can't, I can't go everywhere in yoga pants. That's why I'm at. Well. Although I did get a spray tan. That's brown fat. That's better than white fat. <laughs> <laughs> my hands aren't weird or anything. I'm You're like, so funny. I've actually well, heard people. I look at you and Gia, I mean, all tan and fit. I'm like, shoot, I couldn't run from a hungry tiger. <laughs> and I'm like, you're God. very, you're way too critical of yourself. People love you, and and I, I but I they're relating would... to me right now too. They can relate. Oh yeah, no, I I get it. But you know, uh, a lot of us, uh, you'd be surprised how many people really kind of just uh, judge you on the basis of who you are. Oh, me personally. Yeah. Oh. And, and and don't really pay attention to they, cosmetics or uh, oh, things like that. Because they don't know because they all live in that black box <laughs> on my desk. It's like what's the, the yeah. old meme, the funeral, and like nobody's there. Well, and speak- two people on the back say, oh, I would have expected more. She had 5,000 <laughs> Facebook friends. Well, speaking of you and Gia, so I do. Yes. I do want to get you guys together at some point, maybe even on the air at the same time. And and you guys need to, we need to start talking about this Radio Free Almond operation and a show and all that stuff. If Gia we'll runs it, that part, Gia's the brain for the operation, and I get to control the air conditioning. <laughs> That's a fair deal. I think you two would be deadly together. It'd be great. So we'll just have to figure out a time when maybe on a regular basis, or you can uh, you just pick a day, or if you just want to keep it floating, and like like this time you thought Friday would be better than Wednesday, so I, whatever. I'm open. I'd love a regular spot. If you feel like I bring something, vote for me. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we you know, I like, I like kind of, and Fridays it's fun to get fun. to the weeds. Yeah. I love Friday mornings. Okay. Because we're all excited. <laughs> I write. Well, I'm excited on and we Wednesday. Have a week of stuff. To Tuesday. Talk about. I'm excited on Monday too. I'm but, excited but if, if, but in if, my chair with you on but Monday. If, <laughs> but if Friday is your exciting day, then we'll make it Friday. Thank you, Jamie. All right, Kim you know I love you so much. Love man. you too, you guys. Thank you so much for your support of Radio Free Almond. This has been such a fun run, and it's only going to get better from here. Thank you to my friends at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Thank you to Mattress King, One Mattress King on Facebook. Thank you to Dr. Eric DePuti 
thepootywellness.com. I will see you in a few minutes, Dr. Eric. And thank you also to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Thank you also to Golden Oak Lending. You guys are amazing in your support of this show. So you're one of my brand new sponsors. Thank you also to, I'm getting set up with Ricky Hall at Nutrition HQ. NHQ.rocks is the website for all of you out there. Go buy this right there in Rock Hill, Manchester and McKnight. That's where I get all my stuff. You'd like that place too. Am I forgetting anybody? If anybody wants, and TJ at Tactical Shit has a lot more than these shirts. He's got the coolest stuff. Um, and if you go in there to get anything, tell them that you heard about it on Jamie's show. Yeah. And we get TJ in there to uh, listen. He needs to know. The, the power of the advertising here is, if you're considering it, by the way, is amazing the value to you I think they overcharge you on the other stations and 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 it's not infused into the show the way it is here and you don't have as loyal of an audience that as you do here people thank you for supporting common sense radio radio free almond so consider it if you will Kim Paris have a great weekend good to see you there RadioFreeAlman.com for all of your gear. Get it on, baby.